Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for joining us. Another episode of Catching Up with Jacob, and Jacob's on the East Coast. Jacob Price, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Blessings in Jesus from the Sunshine State of Florida. Wonderful to be with you. Let's see what the Lord is saying this week to us and to everyone. Amen. Great blessing to have you, Jacob, on the East Coast. And uh, David, you're not too far from Jacob. Yeah, on the other side of the house. <laughs> so uh, it's beautiful down here in Florida, and um, we're enjoying it. We have a meeting tonight and a private meeting, but and then tomorrow we have a meeting uh, at a community center not too far. That is on the uh, website, the address and time. And then also next week, you can check the website and we're, we're going to be in Southern Florida the next weekend. So, All right, yeah, we'll come back to that in a moment. Just uh, just want to introduce everybody before we make announcements. Uh, Jay, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I'm here to press buttons and to make snide remarks. <laughs> well, glad you could do that. And we're happy that you can. <laughs> uh, Davey, good morning, Saturday morning in Australia. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Good to be here with you guys. Amen. Thank you, brother. Yes. So, uh, what David was talking about, he is. Uh, if you go to the Memorial website, uh, memorial.org, the itinerary section, there's all the meetings. Uh, David, you said today is private. Tomorrow and Sunday, it's on the website. And next week, you're going to be in Southern Florida. What city in Southern Florida? Uh, Davy down near Miami. It's uh, I think right. it's Dave on a university. Yeah, Dade County. All right, very good, Miami. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of family members of mine live there or around the area. So yeah, some of them never met, but uh, a lot of Cubans, uh, Venezuelans, uh, Nicaragua, you name it, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans. Um, we have to have a Spanish one out there. So that's really what we need to do yes. next time. So yeah. uh, looking forward. But uh, Jacob, you haven't been down there in quite some time, haven't you? Uh, down to Southern Florida? I have not. I have not been in Southern Florida for quite some time. I mean, I've been to Southern Florida many times, but not in recent years. And I'm looking forward to being in Miami-Dade uh, at the university. So please join us. The details are on the Morio website itinerary page or you can just google moriel itinerary and it will give you the times details location look forward Amen. to see yeah good job good job brother. then then you guys are jumping over on the west coast on the west side of Cal uh, on california and you're going to be here with us in divorce southern california and uh details are on the website as well uh 10 o'clock on saturday with dave rosetto and jacob prash that would be awesome that's gonna be really really good and on sunday morning as well. Jacob Prash is back. David Rosetta will be there as well. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, the, the the title of the meetings is called Stay in the Course. Stay in the Course. And it's about the gospel and it's about prophecy because those are the two things that the church had to be really, really, really focused on. And what is the Lord doing and, and telling us it's coming and uh, keep preaching the gospel, making disciples. So we we're talking a lot about that on Saturday and on Sunday, March 9th and March 10th. Details are on the website. If you want to come on Saturday, we are providing lunch. And I think Jacob's buying, right? Jacob, you're buying lunch for us. I'll buy it. I'll <laughs> buying lunch for us. No, lunch will be provided. There's children's ministry. There's the, um, stuff to do with the kids. So if you have kids, just come and join us. That'll be a lot of fun. And uh, more details to come. Uh, but it's on the website. Uh, if you want to call the church, Community Church of DeVore, uh, the website, ccodtruth.org. And you can find out more information from there. So that's going to be awesome. 
and you got the next few weeks covered, Jacob. So that's going to be great. So, Jacob, let's catch up. Let's do a hot take. Can we do a hot take? I think it's time for a hot take. What's going on with the case with Trump? What's going on with the case that they, they can't even appeal it? They can't even appeal it. And just the corruption. And like we've said here, it's not just about him. But if this, they could do that to him, they could do that to pretty much anybody, you and I, whoever. So, Jacob, go ahead. A politicized criminal justice system. That's what you've got. Selective prosecution, selective non-prosecution. There is no reason, no reason that Hillary Clinton was not criminally prosecuted, except politics. There was no reason, absolutely no reason whatsoever, that Hunter Biden was not criminally prosecuted, except politics, by now. No reason, no reason that Biden was not impeached. No reason. Two standards. Not only that, the biggest people, it doesn't matter who you are, if you go against the system. Think of Robert Kennedy. His family name is an icon in the Democratic Party. They're denying him Secret Service protection, despite the fact that his father and his uncle were both assassinated in the most famous political assassinations in American, if not human history. Just politically decided. Dr. Robert Malone, the patriarch, the pioneer of biogenetic engineering using messenger RNA. They just sequestered him, put a lid on this Nobel laureate who invented mRNA technology. Just put a lid on him because of what he said about COVID. It doesn't matter who you are, they can stop anybody. They can stop a billionaire like Donald Trump. Letitia James ran for office with a political agenda, not a legal agenda to fight crime. She's not interested in fighting crime, apparently. She's interested in bringing down Donald Trump. And she stated that when she ran for political office. Then you have a liberal judge, a liberal judge with obvious bias, now trying to deny appeal and saying, if you don't pay the $353 million, within 30 days, we're going to move to for seizure, seizure of assets if, if Letitia James wants it. Why is that woman not up for disbarment? Why is that judge not being removed from the bench? It is all corrupt. Democracy is an illusion. It is not even real anymore. It is gone. The court system is a political organ. The FBI is a political organ. The Justice Department is, again, the Department of Injustice. The FBI is nothing more than the Federal Bureau of Intimidation. It is gone. We are no longer living in a democracy in effect. That is the reality. Can it be recaptured? That's a question. But the battle is not primarily political. It is spiritual. As we've been saying for years, as we've been warning for more than 20 years, democracy is evaporating. It is under attack. And the reason it is evaporating and disappearing in Australia, in New Zealand, in Canada, in Great Britain, in the United States, and all of the Protestant democracies, especially the English-speaking ones, most notably. The reason it's happening is that we have rejected the Judeo-Christian principles upon which it is predicated. Um, the idea that our laws come from God, not from men, not from politicians, not from corrupt governments, is being attacked. They're calling you a, a religious extremist and a, a dangerous right-wing nationalist if you believe 
human rights come from God and, and <laughs> they're actually saying this um, and getting away with it. There is no justice. There's only injustice. One bright spot on the horizon is some people are waking up and putting two and two together. We are seeing people even in the political realm, people who are in no sense conservatives, no sense pro-Christian or pro-Judeo-Christian. People like Bill Maher are seeing what's happening and they're unable to deny it because they have some semblance of honesty, even though I don't like them or agree with them. Another is Senator Fetterman from Pennsylvania. I think that guy is, 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 it was horrible that man was elected, but he sees what is happening. Mm. There, are, there are even people who are left center are seeing the undeniable realities of what's happening to common sense, to logic, to any kind of equitable sense of justice. They're seeing it. And some of those people are going towards social conservatism, and some of them are even beginning to consider the truths of the gospel and of the prophetic significance of world events. And these are people who in the past have had no Christian orientation whatsoever. Um, I would also say, despite the, the widespread stupidity of, of American Jews voting Democrat, there is an increasing alienation, even in states like New York, from the Democratic Party, because of Biden, because of Obama, because of the uh, squad. Some Jews, some, are beginning to wake up and realize, Alan Dershowitz being one of them, uh, most conspicuously, but he's not the only one. So there, some people will wake up, but the general trend is what it is. Yeah. All right, Jacob. Very good. That's your hot take of the week. Jacob, the, the violence that it's erupted in these states that have uh, uh, basically harbored uh, a lot of criminals that have come through the border. I mean, we're talking criminals, right? Not just talking about families that are coming in. We're talking people that uh, have come in with the desire to create panic, create attacks, not only Chinese nationalists, Muslims, um, people from Africa, obviously Latin America, but the multiple stabbings in New York, attacking cops, the ones, the, the, the stabbings in Montana, the attacks in Florida. I mean, this is, I hate to repeat the same thing, but it, it is a dire situation going on in, in the border United States. There were those with a right to complain and those with no right to complain. People who have not voted for these agendas have every right to complain and to be up in arms and to realize they cannot trust government, that government no longer represents them. They have every right to realize that, as Victor David Hansen said, Barack Obama was the architect of this chaos. Mm, absolutely he right. He's right. He, he and the people, the stupid people who voted for him. Um, okay, they reap what they sow. The decline in standard of living and family income for black families, 98% of them voted for him. If you're black and you're poorer than you were, before Biden was president or before Obama was president, that's what you voted for. Don't look for any sympathy. Don't whinge about anybody. It's what you voted for. Jews who are seeing themselves and afraid to send their kids to university campuses. Seriously. Yeah, it's a mess. If you're a stupid enough Jew to vote Democrat, I'm sorry what's happening to your kids, 
But if you and they voted Democrat, that's what you voted for. You have no mm. right to whinge. No right to whinge whatsoever. If you were a California liberal who gets raped in front of your house by an illegal immigrant, well, I don't agree with it, but you have no right to complain. It's what you voted for. You're only reaping what you sowed. It's what you chose. It's what you chose. This goes for Jews, goes for students, goes for blacks, goes for suburban liberal voting housewives. It's what you voted for. Stop complaining. You got what you wanted. Now, you're going to come to your senses or you're going to keep digging your own grave? Well, many of them are going to continue digging their own grave. You know, it's 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 ironic. I want to say it was comical, but to see Schumer complaining about what they're what, what the Jews are going through for many years, he he was the architect of trying to get New York to be a sanctuary state to bring any Muslim, any person, anyone coming in. But now they're sort of waving the white flag and said, "This is not what we signed up for." That goes for Gillibrand. That goes for Schumer. A lot of the senators are absolutely insane in what their policies have been. That's correct. That and, is absolutely and, correct. And yet, Jacob, cases like, well, let's just talk about the one in, in, in Indiana, the Catholic family, right, that is being targeted by the government. The government doesn't go after criminals, but they go after a, a family who has, as a, as a, uh, I believe, is a is a son, and I'm, I don't know if it's a son or a daughter, but it's a, their child taken away from them because they won't call them by their, uh, I guess, preferred pronoun. This is a red state. This is even happening in a red state. Now, if it could happen in a red state, it can certainly happen in a blue one. Understand, social services in many many states, many states, even red ones are saturated with homosexuals and lesbians. Mm. They are there to represent that bias. They're in the school system. They're in social services. They're in the prosecute, uh, in, in, in the district attorney's offices and prosecution services in some states. But they're certainly in schools, and they're in the education system, and they're certainly in the teachers' unions, and they are certainly in social services. To take this Catholic family, and I'm not a Catholic, and I don't agree with Catholicism, but I agree with parental rights that without any court decision, just the decision of bureaucrats, politically appointed bureaucrats, they can take your child because you refer to refer to your child by the opposite sex. And then they tried to say, well, no, it's because of an eating disorder. What did they do? Lock him in a room and starve him? Many children have eating disorders. There are teenage girls who are borderline anorexia because they're trying to mimic pop singers that they see on MTV. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's a parental family responsibility. The health of children is first and foremost the responsibility of the parents. You can't show any criminal neglect. They couldn't show any criminal neglect. There was not even a court procedure. There was not even That's a hearing. Right. It was just corrupt bureaucrats who are going to burn in hell. And I have no sympathy for them anymore. I would hope they repent as a Christian, but when they burn in hell, they have already lit the fire. That's what it says in Romans. Let them burn. Yeah, this is a Cox family, and it's a son. There's a son, and uh, he struggled with his sexuality. 
Now, it was reported probably by the school. I think David David talked about that. It's probably by the school who reported it. And now it went, the, the, the child was removed. It was upheld by the Indiana court. And now hopefully they go to the Supreme Court. Yeah. But cases like this, Jacob, this it's incredibly infuriating. This is this is to be yes. absolutely upset. It was a bureaucrat who did it, not a court. Just the court That's upheld right. it. Now it's under the court appeal. upheld it. Yeah, the court upheld it. That's right. So... You know, this that, is, judge, that judge should be removed from the bench. Yeah, no, I agree. I at the very least, and it's in Indiana too, of all places, a much yes. more conservative state. Yes, much more conservative. It's like it's it's you know it's like Montana and stuff like that. If it happened yes. there, imagine in New York, imagine in California. That this is yes. and, and there's threats are already against parents that if you don't, yes. uh, this you is know, another one of the dilemmas you see. The American Midwest was originally settled by the French. If you look to this day, there's a Roman Catholic influence all the way from New Orleans and Baton Rouge up the Mississippi, all the mm. way to Detroit is a French name. Terre Haute, Indiana is a French name. These, these cities even have French names. <laughs> you know, Dubuque, Iowa, and things like this. Des Moines, Iowa. Louisville, Kentucky. You know, St. Louis. Louisville, yeah. These yeah, are all French. You have a high Roman Catholic population in a state like Indiana, Notre Dame University, and things of that nature. Um, so, so Catholics have a, a sanitized version of what Jews face. They tended to be Democrat voters, tended mm. to be Democrat voters, but now they're caught in a moral dilemma. Just look at Kennedy, Irish Catholic. What he's caught in a dilemma. He sees what's become of the Democratic Party. No, I know it, it is. It is. It's becoming a real mess. David, what do you think of this case? I mean, you would think of this case in maybe in New York or California, but in Indiana. But this is part and parcel of the school system, the society, the media, and the kids get confused. They push them along with that. Now, removal from their home, removal from parents. Yeah, it's it's Indiana has Indianapolis, which has liberal pockets. You know, most of the red is around the rural areas, okay, the smaller town. So you have these liberal judges. I don't know if they elect their judges there like they do in Pennsylvania. And so we have liberal judges in Pennsylvania in the cities, but not in the rural areas. So you have that divide. So you get these guys that without a law, a bureaucrat can do this job and... and That's incredible crazy yeah this is unbelievable fortunately there is a ruling coming by the supreme court that could rule that the laws that are passed by the lawmakers cannot be written by the bureaucrats because the bureaucrats that they have in (laughs) are generally democrat extremely liberal in washington and they just write them like they want and they what they end up doing Bureaucracy kills democracy. Mm. And so hopefully the the Supreme Court will overrule that they can do that. And then a lot of rules can be undone that could maybe reestablish some freedom back to America and back to their families. But but what I think we need is is what's worse than this is that there could have been a person that took that child and took it to Oregon or Washington. Oh. It had transsexual operation. 
Yeah, the so surgery. We need, like in the 30s, we had the Man Act, which if a man took a woman across the state border for <laughs> illicit reasons to have sex, things like this, you uh, could be prosecuted with a felony. We need a national act that if a person takes without permission a child across the border for transsexual reasons, that's a felony. That's know? right. But they allow, they'll, those states, Washington, Oregon, allow that to happen. They'll yeah, take I, and hide them from their parents and allow the operation. Yes, and some of these, uh, some of these youth shelters are, are basically mandated by the state to actually not report them, not report yeah. their children. If they find them, if they come in, they're not to report them to their parents. And if they have sexual issues, they have, uh, you know, some kind of gender you know, they don't call it gender dysphoria, but that's what they have. Then they immediately have to take them to a hormone therapy place, a hospital, and either get them on treatment or eventually perform the surgery. So I'm not a parent, Marco, but I don't know why every parent in America that loves their child is not up in arms and calling their representatives, calling mm. their state legislatures, calling their state senators and demanding. Yeah to this many are Inaction probably by the populace they've they've gone to sleep pick up a phone call them and start demanding that your child is protected by that's the right parent. that's right jay go ahead I, I think many uh unfortunately are probably scared of being called a homophobe and mm. something that david said that really uh sparked something was uh bureaucracy about the bureaucracy Everywhere yeah. we turn, we see the federal government trying to take over states' rights. So it doesn't yeah. matter if you're in a conservative state. When you have yep. someone like uh, Rachel Levine uh, as yep. your health secretary, oh, she's, she's starting a program nationally that allows for foster trans-adoptive parents to take the children from their biological parents so that they can transition. This is a national program being rolled out by her, or owned by the taxpayer. It, yeah, Richard, yeah, Richard. <laughs> well, I hope you know. I misgendered twice. <laughs> how will Richard not again? How will Richard not spend eternity in the lake of fire? Mm. They can mock it now, but he's not going to mock it when he's there. Yeah, it just seems like this whole administration, one of the one of the most deviant administrations that I've ever seen. It yes. just promotes this a continue. I mean, even Obama's administration, as crazy as they were, they did not take it this far. But now, of course, Obama's administration is back in, and now they're taking it to the to the logical conclusion what was going to happen. I remember, uh, Jay, you know, if you remember 2014, I remember talking to Jacob about 2014 when they uh, basically legalize gay marriage. Mm -hmm. yes. And we yep. talked about it. And we talked about it. The Supreme Court ruled on it. Um, Obama lit up the White House and it says, you know what's coming? It's going to be yep. transgenderism. I remember Jacob talking about it. It is going to be an onslaught of evil against children because they won't stop. Yep. And we may marriage. particularly thank Ronald Reagan for appointing Sandra Day O'Connor to the Supreme Court because she wrote the court's decision outlawing the Texas anti-sodomy laws. That oh, opened yeah. the door for, for the avalanche that followed it. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. And thank you, naive Christians who think the Republican Party is some kind of a salvation for America. Well, look and, at Roberts. Look at Roberts. And we talked about, did Marco, we talked about opening the door once that's gone, uh, once that homosexual marriage comes in, that any type of marriage has come in because now there's no line. 
Yeah, okay. it's blurred. We we now see programs on television. Uh, give me a sister wife. Uh, we see the explosion in Utah and places so fifty thousand fundamental polygamous marriages. We it's just exploding and and people marrying animals and farm That's animals. Correct. That is and correct. Every sort of immorality and and deviancy known to man. And and now I seen one the other day. Uh, a woman married an AI image. Yep. You know, more than 25 years ago, possibly maybe 28 years ago, in Britain, but I said it in America, but it was first in Britain, 28 years ago, I said, look at first century Rome. Mm. The normalization of homosexuality and bisexuality is socially and culturally normative. Pedophilia, socially accepted and then you're going to see bestiality socially mm. accepted mm. these things are going to happen um obviously the fundamentalist mormons and maybe even the mainstream mormons will revert to their traditional mm. polytheism polyamory i mean the poly uh, uh polygamy poly yeah. polytheism no no po polygamy polygamy and polyanny polyanny yeah yeah polyamory. and then yeah, of course then of course, you know the Bush family and, and and people like this will do anything the Muslims want. So you're going to have the CAIR pushing for multiple marriages of of Muslims or yeah. Omer. Oh, right. they got, yeah. you know you know that you know that they already look the other way yeah. in England. Yeah. Jacob been here too. You know that yeah. the, the Republican rhinos like Bush, they, they would have not, they would do anything. They would, whatever Saudi Arabia wants, Cheney and Bush would do it. Well. <laughs> It's no better for, for anybody else. They will just go along with it. They want four wives, they can have four wives. If I may, uh, Jacob and Marcus said something very important. Jacob said it's the first century, and Mark, you said this administration is the most deviant. If I could compare Joe Biden to any Roman emperor, I would go with Tiberius. Mm -hmm. And as you remember, Tiberius had his little palatial palace in Capri. Oh, yeah. Yep. And that reminds me exactly of all the things that Joe Biden is accused of. Remember, the Emperor Tiberius had his little fish. Well, Joe likes to smell little children <laughs> and women's hair. And it's, it's a scary, scary thing. Yeah. yeah. This is uh this is Rachel or sorry, Richard uh Levine. This is his quote. Kids really need a home where somebody understands them sexually. Oh, that's what yeah, because that, that's what yeah. parents are supposed to do, right? Oh, man. If some guy said that about my kid, you know, let's just say, I can't say it in the air, but they, they would be absolutely done. You know, that somebody needs, what, who's going to understand him sexually? You, Richard? You, Richard, you got to understand him sexually? This is, this is by far the, the most deviant, I don't even know what his title is, uh, secretary, Assistant Secretary of Health, Secretary, Secretary. And Biden promoted, made him a four-star admiral. <laughs> Secretary of Filth, that's what he is. He's the Secretary of Filth. But anyway, he got through the Senate, the hearing. I, I couldn't believe that he got through. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's what helped. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Republicans, and thank you, the Supreme Court as well. In 2014, they, they, you know, Roberts and all those guys, Roberts and Co. Uh, but Jacob, let's talk about something. Also, as nefarious as this, what's going on with all the hacking and cyber attack? It seems like 
Two years ago, we were talking about Cyber Polygon, the World Economic Forum, talking about cyber threats coming, cyber threats coming. And now it's ramped up to the point where now, I don't know, Christopher Ray maybe stopped looking into Christian's files or something like that. But he comes out of the out of the bullpen to figure out, oh, yeah, we got a problem with the CCP. We got a problem with uh, some Chinese hackers. And uh, we really need to get a hold of Volt Typhoon, Volt Typhoon, who's creating quite a bit of stir in American infrastructure. Go ahead, Jacob. Well, to begin with, initially, you had the five eyes, the United States, Great Britain, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, the English-speaking democracies. The real basis of international defense cooperation is not NATO. It is the five eyes. That's the right. five eyes trumps the importance of NATO in the eyes of Washington. Okay? It's Pine Bluffs in Australia. It's Cheltenham, England. It's uh, Cyprus. It's um, Fort Meade, Maryland. That is the basis of the five eyes. Okay. The British have GCHQ, the Americans have the NSA. Now, one of the things that has happened, the first thing that has happened is the NSA, instead of focusing on what it is supposed to focus on, was focusing on being the deep state and spying on Americans. <laughs> it, was, it was diverted away from watching our enemies, yeah. the they should have, to watching us. Yeah, uh, parents, it, parents of children that don't want their yeah, kids sexualized. Yeah. Part of the attack on democracy. Okay, that was the first. Then you had the Stuxnet. The Israelis and Americans cooperated against Iran, uh, introduced a virus for the uh, computer programs being used in atomic weapons development in Iran. It was the CIA, it was the CIA, NSA, and it was the Israelis together. Okay, remember a lot of American high tech companies outsourced their R and D to Israel, to Israeli companies, or even some of the Israeli, a lot of the Israeli companies, in fact, are owned or owned by American companies in Silicon Valley, and this involves defense contracts. It's not really publicly talked about too much, but there certainly has been cooperation between the American intelligence community in Israel and this area of cyber intelligence. Well, in response to that, you have China, Russia, and Iran aligning. They are cooperating against the West. That's they right. have their version of the five eyes on the development. Um, and they particularly, of course, hate the fact that America cooperated with Israel against Iran and possibly China and Russia. Um, well, they certainly did against Russia. Um, they have built their equivalent. And so while under the corruption of the Obama administration, the deep state, behaved unconstitutionally and contrary to its mandate and began spying domestically on Americans, diverting resources away from where it should have went, watching Iran, watching China, watching Putin. Uh, you have the mess you have now. That That's is right. a major factor. That's the, right. Absolutely. usual corruption of the deep state. Now, this, this, this particular document that came to light uh it's called uh it's from a a company called private security contractor called Aksum uh, yeah. I guess that would be in Mandarin or mean something and uh basically Chinese uh, hackers CCP hackers yeah. which is like a whole army uh targeted American infrastructure uh any company anything related to uh, Tibetans Uyghurs anything yeah. like that dealing with Taiwan uh yeah. it's all going to be targeted and uh Christopher Ray comes before Congress and says, "Yeah, we got this problem. 
<laughs> and I just, you know, it, it made me so angry. We got this problem. No kidding. No kidding. Like it when you came out of blue, nowhere. Yeah. You know, like you you know, blue, you know what I'm blue. drawn back to? I'm drawn back to Winston Churchill in the 1930s. And oh. I'm back to Billy Mitchell in the 1930s. Mm. Billy Mitchell predicted Pearl Harbor in detail 18 years before it happened. He was warning 18 years before it happened. And so the U.S. military court-martialed him for telling mm. the truth and calling it right. Mm. It's the corruption and incompetence of the American government. Yes. Churchill was warning back, going back to Munich what Hitler really was and what he would do. And instead, Britain went with appeasement. Mm. Um, Churchill was vindicated. Billy Mitchell was vindicated. They were vindicated by history. But it was too late. It was mm. too late. The damage had been done. Well, that's the same kind of situation you have now. You can thank Obama. You can thank Biden. You have a buffoon, a buffoon, Austin, an ignorant buffoon for a secretary of defense who's in hospital with critical condition and the commander in chief doesn't know it at a time when American owned ships mm. are being attacked in the yeah. Red Sea. Yeah, with no solution. No solution. No solution. You got stupid people. Stupid. He says his priorities are woke and inclusivism. That that's the defense priorities of, of this buffoon, Austin. Um, this is the kind of nonsense you're dealing with. And of course, they'll play the usual card, which is race. Yes. When you have someone like former Congressman Alan West, who's an Afro-American and a patriot. And, and 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 he's competent in what he says. No, the media has to ignore him or attack him. Black America has to be told to get him. He's a traitor to the black race. Okay, go after a, a competent black American, and instead celebrate the buffoon Austin. And when the buffoon <laughs> says that his priorities are climate change <laughs> and inclusivism. Oh, when, oh, when our enemies are on the warpath, oh, you speak against him, you're a racist. Yeah. That's just the way it works, just Olenskyism. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting. Uh, Jacob, we'll talk about AI in a moment, but the, the five eyes, I read the report, the five eyes who are constrained by law to a certain degree yes. uh, to use disruptive technology. The, China, the CCP is not, and these hacker groups are not, absolutely. Oh. So... Uh, biotech, robotics, infrastructure, water, light, banks, uh, uh, utilities are all in danger of being targeted by these, uh, by basically uh, this Chinese hacker group uh, with the go by Vol Typhoon. Vol Typhoon. And, and Jacob, do you think that's what happened with AT&T? You had that problem then, uh, yesterday? I'd be surprised if it wasn't a factor in what happened yesterday. Unbelievable. I was in the I mean, airport was... in Atlanta, Atlanta Airport, Hartfield, terrible airport, is America's largest airport. America's largest airport. There was pandemonium among people unable to try to call it. People were nobody, having to, anybody. People were having to go back and get tickets and stuff. Oh that man, it was a uh, quite quite the time. But you know, look, we have an incompetent Biden that can't even make it up the stairs on a plane versus. Putin, who is flying supersonic nuclear planes. Yeah. 
and kind of knows what he's doing. Now, I'm not lauding him, but it's quite the comparison of leadership that we have mm. right now. From mm. the head down, our government is sick and incompetent. Mm. Mm. No, 100%. 100%. This, it was pretty massive. I remember getting my phone and I have AT&T and it said SOS. I couldn't call. I couldn't just send a text message. You know, I have little kids and I'm wondering like, man, if something like that happened, you know, people have to have some kind of recourse. Now, obviously, most people have cell phones, most people have satellite, um, use satellites and things like that. All that infrastructure can go very, very easily down the drain if something like that happened. And emergency services, uh, experiencing issues, it was really bad. And uh, Homeland Security is investigating, but, you know, it's pretty simple to know. Look, the CCP saying they have hackers. Volt Typhoon is is hacking. And, and yet you have to investigate how much you have to investigate. This is uh, the U.S. is really under, uh, you know, in my opinion, the judgment of God because of all the things that we have allowed. As Jacob talked about it earlier, the abandonment of the Judeo-Christian faith, the gospel, the belief in, in Christ and his uh, in his church and, and, and that this is the way that God is going to work in the world. That's complete. That they're persecuting believers. They're arresting parents. Look at this family in, in, uh, in Indiana. Uh, obviously, uh, they're not getting them for their faith specifically, but that is what's going on in America. And I, I could see this this horrible situation happening, and and it's a war of AIs because it's it's the AIs that they're using in the in, in Bull Typhoon, the, the Chinese hackers, and then the Five Eyes are trying to counteract their uh, their attacks with AI. So it's it's an AI war that people most yes. people don't you know I couldn't really understand it to the degree of you know technological advancements in AI and we'll we'll get to AI in a moment because that's something else Marco because crazy. of the advanced yeah. applications of AI technology the advancements just technologically just in the basic technology itself is going to be ex uh, is going to be um, catalyzed it'll be catalyzed huh because of the defense application so when a technology exists and it becomes a defense application that's needed in a defense scenario or confrontation that is going to expedite technological development in ai so it will not just affect um the cyber wars it'll affect the development of ai in itself oh. what's the same as the space program because of the cold war the space program was expedited and because mm. of the, because of that, miniature computers, everything from miniature computers to Teflons, to, you know, were, were invented for the space program because they needed them for defense applications. So once you have a war, war can drive technology, mm. uh, and it's going to it's going to advance the pace at which AI is being developed. Incredible, isn't it? You know it? what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it 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 is really a, a race for AI, and and, and of course yes. uh, that comes with a lot of the other things that come with it. But uh, obviously, we have the defense application. It is going to have ramifications not just for defense, but for the technology itself. Whether it's used for a consumer durable or something else. Take yeah. Teflon. We used it for our skillets, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was invented. It was invented as a as a safety substance for. Uh, heating food in outer space, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Now, you know what, Marco? I don't mean go to go ahead. No, tout me. I'm an old-fashioned guy, but I printed all my tickets. I I have a folder <laughs> of everything. I know it's kind of silly, and but 
I was okay yesterday. You Amen. Know? And, uh, I, I, I had to help you before with reservations down at uh, at um, at uh, like getting cars and stuff like that. So I have a folder when I travel, and it's in paper. When David has a problem, technically, he yells, Siri! And when I have a problem, I yell, Mia! <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you remember the in 2018, Google was attacked uh, yeah. by China and Russia. It is 2018, and, and obviously, uh, you know, it was quite a, quite extensive uh, uh, repairs that they had to do because of the hacking that they were going through. But you can see that our world is much different now, let's say, than... Uh, 1972 when they had another hack or no sorry another uh system down on AT&T or when they had the Carrington event in 1859 you know where yeah. there was hardly anything that was you know electronic or of any sort at the time so Jacob they talked about this solar flare and they try to blame it on the solar flare obviously yeah. it was a spoof to do that but it's, it's speaking of the solar flare though what kind of massive damage would be a solar flare in our technical world well, if you listen to the people who talk about such things, particularly the Christians, they'll talk about solar flares, but they will say that's not because they're so statistically rare to happen on that level and do any permanent damage. They may fry some technologies. Okay, they, yeah. might, they, they might cause some silicone chips to become dysfunctional, even on a systemic scale. The real danger of the people who looked at such things, particularly Chuck Missler, was electromagnetic pulse weapons. It's not the solar flares. It's, it's, it's man-made technologies that can do the same thing. You can't mm. control when a solar flare is going to happen. No, no. An EMP. That, mm. that, that, was, that, was, that was more the, the, the thinking in, in cyber right. warfare. Right. Yeah, and they, they had that technology, whether it's North Korea, Russia... Iran, they could do that. Now, um, and then the other thing, Marco, with the yeah. solar flares, it generally is going to be located in just one part of the Earth. Like the one that happened yesterday was mainly right. in Asia, Africa. Yeah, is yeah. Where it was centered. yeah. solar so flares are like the, yeah, solar flares yeah. are like eclipses. They're geocentric. The specific and now these places. happen. They happen all the time, and now with the every 10, 11, 15 years. The poles of the uh, of the sun flip, which cause more mass ejections, and so they're worried about this happening in the next few years. And also, oh, yeah, for sure, we have they much some, more technology yeah. than we did the, ten years ago, yeah. and twenty years ago. So people are so dependent, and so people should, if they're smart, they should have things uh, that can operate outside of the system. What happens if your electricity goes out? What happens if your phone goes out? Do you, yeah. are you taking any precautions in this day and age? I mean, Correct. people freaking out, no phones, you know, they're oh, dead. work, 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 work. It's like, it's like the apocalypse came with no phone, yeah, no, you know. no Netflix, no Twitter, you know, people were, yeah, to talk to the guy next to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> who could do Terrible. that now? You know, uh, yeah. Senator Rubio comes out and he's just warning a hundred times worse than any any AT and T outage. He says if the cyber attack continues by the Chinese by the Chinese revolt typhoon, and he says it's not just going to be your phone; it's going to be your water, it's going to be your power, it's going to be your bank. 
Um, now, obviously, Rubio's been speaking out. He's been really quiet over the last few years. Now, maybe elections coming up or something. He's he's got to come out and do it. But uh, the Chinese demand that the U.S. stop the support of Taiwan, which this is uh, you know coordinated or not, whatever we think of it. Uh, the the uh, Republican chair uh, of the House Select Committee, Mike Gallagher, goes to Taiwan, meets with the new president, and immediately, immediately. China re- retaliates and says that they don't want this to happen. They, uh, I think they took over a boat. It was a Coast Guard uh, boat that uh, uh, in Taiwan. It was a, a tourist boat, an escalation of tension. So they, they, the Chinese took over a tourist boat in Taiwan. So it, it's, it's happening, Jacob, as we speak. Uh, you mentioned China's in dire strait economically, and so this is part of the retaliation. Uh, part of the, another thing, Marco, is they're doing this in the Philippines. Uh, they're doing provocative things against the Filipino uh, islands and against their fishing vessels. And even did a, you hear that they were poisoning that some of the water there so the fishermen yeah. couldn't fish? Yeah, it's crazy. And they were, you know, the, the, the what they're objecting to. Coast Guard was trying to deliver supplies to a, a Filipino ship, and they came in and bumped them and was harassing them. So. They want to control everything. You know? yeah. hey, look what China is doing. What China is doing is reacting to American and generally Western, but particularly American reaction to their own aggression. What they're doing in the South China Sea. They lied to the world, as they always lie. They lie about everything, the Olympics and so forth. They lie about everything. But they lied and they said that those islands that they were expanding, those coral islands they were expanding, were not going to be used for military purposes. They right. lied. Then they make territorial claims on international <laughs> waters, claimed by a half dozen nations, okay? But then if you react to it, if you react to what they're doing, despite its potential threat to international navigation and and, and the, the, the fishing rights of the countries around the South China Sea and mineral exploitation rights of other countries, if you react to what they're doing, then they are up in arms and they hit the roof. How dare you <laughs> react to our aggression? <laughs> Typical that's what, they say. That's what yeah. they say but again the first person who should be taken out and held accountable is Bill Clinton didn't they sell I mean, back in the 90s they sold us this technology to yeah. China yeah. 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 that yeah. half a million missiles. dollar uh, uh, campaign contribution gave, oh. uh, gave them uh, uh, missile technology yeah to put satellites in orbit Yes, that's right. North Korea got a lot of those the, the technology from China because it was yeah. given by the by the uh, Clinton administration. Yes, we're back to that. Uh, so the aggression is there. Coast guards are boarding tourist boats, causing this to happen. But Jacob, also the escalation in Europe. Belarus announced a joint operation with Russia. The last time that happened, four days later, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. So yes. Belarus, Lushenko is absolutely in line, Lukashenko, sorry, is absolutely in line uh, with what Putin's doing and uh, the future plans, I don't know. But they are preparing because he said he came out, he said, we're preparing for NATO to retaliate, for NATO to retaliate. What we said from the beginning was desperate people do desperate things. Tucker Carlson was not comprehensive in his assessment following his interview with Putin. He was not comprehensive. He he did not do a very good job of his analysis overall. Okay, he, he really didn't. Um, 
I have no love for the late night television comedians. They're all politically biased and they're not very talented or funny. The day of Johnny Carson and Jay Leno's and Jack Parr are all long gone. Now you got these clowns um, with, 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 with greatly declined viewership and rightfully so. But one of them was making fun of what Tucker Carlson said, and I was forced to agree with them. Tucker Carlson went into a Russian supermarket. Look how much I bought. This cost $100, $104 in American money for all these groceries. Yeah, but he's using purchasing parity. He's using purchasing parity. He's not using gross national product or gross domestic product. In other words, if you make less than $200 a week and you're spending over 100 on groceries, it's not that good of a deal. No, it's 50% you know, of your salary. <laughs> you know, people from the United States will retire in Costa Rica because their money will go further. It's PPP. It's not GDP. And he, he really did a substandard job. He really did a substandard job in, in, in his interview with Putin. I was disappointed in, in, in Tucker Carlson. I really but he wasn't. did grab a, what he was smart about is he grabbed a controversial subject and bought yes. a lot of publicity yeah. for his thing. So <laughs> that he did good. The other side was terrible. But, but you the know, the subject was bad. The marketing was good. Yes, that's correct. That's right. So you can't get everything right. <laughs> you know, so speaking of that, I mean, every every journalist should be should be trying to interview the opposition and try to figure out who these guys are and what they're doing. But none of them do that. That's like the one crime that you cannot do. You can't be a journalist anymore. Correct. You have the growth. The Russian economy is growing, <coughs> according to the IMF, faster than the Western economies. Bearing in mind, Germany and Japan and England, Great Britain, are all in recession. Yes. They're having a 2.5% growth. But what they're not, not telling you is <coughs> it's because they've shifted to a wartime economy. Mm. It's being paid for by depletion of their foreign currency reserves, and it's being paid for with inflation. The ruble's worth a penny. They're not telling you the long-term, the actual impact on the economy of Russia, even short-term, much less the long-term, where this defense production is not going to make Russia anything. They're just, oh, Russia has a higher GDP, higher growth in GDP than, than, than Europe. It, it, yeah, but it's a wartime economy. Look at the reality of it. What, where are they getting the money? They're printing it? Or they're depleting their foreign currency reserves? Again, it, 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 it's just not, it, it's not good. It is Marco, just not good. We, we, we have another thing that we're actually having some of the same effect. Americans are now paying more for food as part of their budget than in the last 30 years. It's been 30 oh, years since the food costs have been this high and been this affecting this many Americans on their in their budgets, you know? So people are freaking out, you know? So, well, right look, so. Know, if, if somebody voted for Obama and Biden and they're on a bread line, um, you put themselves there. They're, you know, that's just justice. Uh, but you know, it's it, it's again, the, it's the decent people, the working families who do not subscribe to that idiocy being hurt is what bothers me. You know what I'm saying? It's there's always innocent victims in these things. You, you know, know, we 
our Filipino missionaries are facing some of this too. You know, their costs and rice and this sort of things has gotten very high, and their their inflation rate has has been helped hurt. You know, so but but they are doing a good job for us. Jovelina Keith are learning Thai to sing, and so the songs that they take into the prisons before they're uh, is actually pretty good. Is what Scott and um, and some other missionaries that speak Thai have said. So, so, but they are facing these types of challenges there, and also in uh, Israel. When you say well, to Israel, uh, Tel Aviv was already the most expensive major city in the world. Yeah, more than London, more than New York, more than Moscow, which is expensive, more than any of them. Um, and now it's gotten worse. Um, yeah. Israel is being hit and is being hit badly by what's happening at, at the present time. And of course, we have missionaries there and have families and children and so on. Yeah. This is what's going on. Uh, so if the, if the Lord so, so moves you to make a contribution to more real Israel, please do it. But other places are being hurt too, even India, the third world, these places India, yeah. are affected. Now, now we talked about the economy. But I'm going to go back to the to the war thing because I know okay, we just okay, yeah, right, right, let's that's go right. back. I, let, yeah, Lushenko's got S-400 systems ready to go. Correct. Transnistria, it's trying to be annexed into Russia, and it's right by Moldova, Romania, and Ukraine. Yes. Jacob, these circumstances could change rather rapidly. That in that can area. outflank, except that they have no access to the to a deep water port, the, to the Black yes. Sea, except that there's no access. They could outflank Ukraine on the west mm. and drive a wedge between Moldavia, Moldova which is Romanian-speaking NATO country. It's yeah. not Romanian, but it's Romanian-speaking primarily, although the people also speak Russian and another language. Um, it would be in our flanking. Um, but what really troubled me this week was Mendevev threatening mm. nuclear attack on the West. Yeah, yeah, the first time since This is the first time since Nikita Khrushchev mm. that this has happened. So, so explicitly, it's the first time since Nikita Khrushchev Let's understand something. No matter what people say, Russia has been hurt. Not in the way or to the degree that the Western media likes to think, but Russia is being hurt long-term economically. Its long-term economic prospects are not good. Um, again, the ruples are being depleted. The foreign reserves are being depleted. And there's a brain drain. Next thing is, is, is to understand that something that nobody's talking about, hardly anybody outside of the intelligence community in the Pentagon, that is, Finland has stopped being Finlandized. It is now NATO. It's Sweden NATO. is coming on back of it. Putin, his motive in major part was NATO moving in an easterly direction. He has right. he has he has fueled that trend, creating another seven hundred and forty miles of border with a NATO country. Um, this is just blown up in his face. It, it's it, it, and the third is the national humiliation that after two years he's still not been able to defeat Ukraine because of Western intervention, despite the devastating and absolutely devastating impact on on, on the Ukraine and and the, and the casualties and the depopulation and the refugees and the economic the, the almost virtual collapse of of, of Ukraine. Uh, Despite that, it's a humiliation for Putin and for Russia. 
the other thing is he's created another 740 miles of border with a NATO country, and he's taken countries that were not NATO and made them, he galvanized them into <clears throat> becoming NATO powers and increasing their own defense production. The historical hatred between Finland and even Sweden goes back to Peter the Great when the Russia tried to make the Baltic a Russian lake. These historical tensions are being revived. Yeah. People forget nations that have always been enemies will eventually become enemies again. That includes Russia and China. <laughs> Even communism couldn't stop Russia and China from that armed conflict on the Armour River in 1968. Uh, it didn't matter that they were both backing North Vietnam against America and Australia. That didn't matter. Enemies remain enemies. The people of Southeast Asia, the Cambodians, the Kampucheans, the Vietnamese, doesn't matter if they're communist and the Chinese are communist. They had a war with each other. Enemies remain enemies. Friends tend to remain friends. Tend to. But enemies always remain enemies. And the Scandinavian countries and Finland, which is not exactly Scandinavian, it's my war. They're anthropologically related to the Hungarians. But anyway, they've always been historical enemies of Russia. And they are again. And Putin has caused this and he knows it. Putin has a sense of history. If you look, he spent nearly the first hour in the interview with 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 um, Tucker Carlson talking about Russian history. Notice he didn't bring up the historical tension between Russia and Scandinavia and conflict over the Balkans. He didn't want to talk about that because he knows it's happening again and it's his fault. On top of that is the national humiliation, and on top of that is the effect on the Soviet economy. He doesn't care about human life and Russians being killed and things like that. That doesn't bother him, obviously. But desperate people do desperate things. What Medvedev said should send alarm bells ringing in every capital in the world. And it's no, not. there's no doubt. The media is underreporting it. The no, media no, is underreporting. Even Putin said, if even Putin said, if he loses the war, he he's going to nuke uh, Germany and London, or yeah. I think Munich and London. Yeah, this is uh, this is NATO chief Stoltenberg. The, the, the F-16s that were given to Ukraine by the West will target outside of Ukraine. This yes. is this is escalating as we speak because although the F-16 is not stealthy, they can still have uh, you know the S-400 and S-500 missile system can can uh, detect them and take them off. This is again the NATO response to what Russia yeah. is doing. So uh, either yeah. side, Jacob, either side, David. Uh, there's only one type of that, that's going to, you know, if you're going to win this war, um, unfortunately, and it's what Medvedev, Medvedev said, it's going to be nuclear. Whoever's yeah. going to win this is going to be nuclear. Only the F-35 and F-22 can outmaneuver the S-400 and S-500. That's right. Well, plus that's certain right. cruise missiles can go under their radar. Shape. Yeah, it is. I'm talking about, I'm talking about fighter, we're talking about fighter planes. Here. Yeah, fighters. Yeah. But first, what first about, they would yeah. send in jammers and then they would send in uh, the yeah, missiles. Yeah, yeah. What about Iran? Iran sending hundreds of ballistic missiles to Russia, though, because now we got other countries involved. Yeah, not only ballistic missiles, but drones. Yes, yep. drone technology. Yeah, that, that was earlier. Yeah, this Iran is, is the, the number one supplier of drones to Russia, not Russia. <laughs> it's, yep. it's, it's interesting. So again, it that be... adds to the national humiliation. Countries like Iran and North Korea used to be the customers of Russia for armaments. Now Russia is the customer of Iran and North Korea. Well, it kind of tells you something else too, Jacob, how basically the world has changed. The Middle East has become much more 
if you want to pull it that way, much more powder keg. And now you got big time players with big time yes. war and military power there. Uh, as the West aids Ukraine, the Middle East is aiding Russia. And now you have several players involved. Several players There's involved. Something more fundamental. During the Vietnamese Vietnam War, the American government took back or bought back Phantom jets, F-4s, from Iran, from the shore. The Americans sold them to Iran, <coughs> but needed them for, v for Vietnam, so they actually bought these F-4s back for the U.S. Air Force. But they were American jets. They were American technology. Russia is buying Korean technology and <laughs> Persian technology. I mean... <laughs> It tells Korean, you China things, technology. It? Yeah, Chinese technology. Chinese technology. Yeah, the other the other so, thing which is stolen American technology. The other Pretty thing much. is they, they tried to make a leap play leapfrog. So they come out with a hypersonic missile. Now the Americans have the Americans could make a hypersonic missile in in six months, a prototype in six months and have one working in a year to a year and a half. Now what you know what I'm saying? It's all it's just escalating. It's yeah. all yeah. It's just yes. Uh, Jacob, what do you think of uh, Zelensky going on uh, on an interview with Brett Baer saying, "Hey, uh, I invite Trump. I invite Congress to come to come to Ukraine, see what's going on, to secure to let them see, as you say, I was, uh, my my interpretation should secure his aid, but to see the tragedy of Russia, uh, the Russian invasion. Uh, weird stuff, isn't it? Not, not appealing to Biden, but well, well, it does show it, it does show that he suspects that Biden or the Democrats might not lose the might not win the election. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. Know, he's looking out he's for, got, for his own interest. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean the growing contingency in in in, in the Republican lawmakers that they don't want to fund any more than the billions of dollars that they've gone to Ukraine because it's been a slush fund for the Democratic Party yes. and a slush fund for Zelensky and his corrupt yes. uh, officials. So uh, he sees the writing on the wall and he wants to secure that. I thought it was interesting, though. I mean, uh, of all people, appealing to Trump when he says he could have stopped the war a long time ago. Yes. Well, you got to remember, Trump has his finger on uh, some of the people that want to be reelected representative and things like that. They're pro-Trump. So he's trying to do that. But I think if he was to go visit Zelensky and everything, the Democrats would probably bring him up. Uh, I forget the name of the act, but there's an act <laughs> that if you, you're yeah. a private citizen, I, I know that uh, um, that uh, a lot of the Biden administration, Obama administration violated it when Kerry talked to Iran. But that act, they could give him more political trouble. So I think he'll be careful in what he does. Is it Morgan or something? Morgan Act or something like that? Um, it's something like that. I don't know. We can look it up real quick. But uh, it, Jacob, I, I showed you the brochure that was passed around in Sweden. Uh, yes. I wish we could ask some of our brothers in Sweden uh, about it. It was a, basically wars coming, prepare an emergency preparedness brochure. And the country's issuing that brochure to you know make sure the cyber attacks, you know, if there's a war, you know, if there's the you know, defense issues, call this number, get water. I mean, this is not the only country that I've done has done this. This is yep. again Germany, Belgium, yep. France. But it does show something. It does show that they anticipate that Trump might win the election. Yeah, uh, because you either pay your share, minimum two percent of GDP on defense, 
or don't count on us anymore. Hmm. And they're afraid that, tr that Trump would decouple from NATO unless they paid for their own defense. So th they're coughing it up now. They're increasing their own defense spending. Yeah, and I think they've got to do it because they see they see Russia as a real threat here. Yeah, I mean, but of course, the Democrats are saying, not looking at that, they're just saying, you see, Trump is trying to destroy NATO and remove America from NATO and let Putin have <laughs> it. All he's saying is, if you want to be our ally, pay your fair share in the alliance. That's yeah, right. Get in line. But the way the media and Biden are lying is just unbelievable. All right. So we hit our hour mark already. So just wanted to make sure everybody knows and welcome them. If they're watching, if they caught us live, if they catch us uh, once the, the episode is up and running on YouTube, uh, we want to welcome in the name of the Lord. We are catching up. And uh, Jacob's here, Davis here, Jay's here, Davey's here. And uh, we want to make sure we continue. Uh, we will be going on backstage in a few minutes and uh, we'll be uh, tackling an interesting subject, which is the way the media is uh, portraying Christian nationalists, what other people are saying. And surprisingly, people you never thought possible are actually talking about Jesus and his return. And um, never even thought that they would actually think that way. And it, it, we've got some interesting opinions about that. So we're, we'll play that at the end on backstage, but we won't be on YouTube or Facebook for backstage. So you have to jump to uh, the other platform. So if you're on Rumble, you can send the questions in. We got great questions and um, that's going to be at the end on, uh, on, on backstage. We got the questions. So if you want to send questions in, actually, uh, this might, this might sound funny, but I'm, I'm not trying to discourage questions, but there's so many questions already that it's going to take such a long time to get through them. So be patient with us, please, if you don't, if, if, if you don't mind, be patient with us. Jacob can only handle 300 questions a day. That, that's that's his max. No, I'm kidding. But we can only question so many questions at a time. So uh, I know Marco, people. We might yes, have sir. to do a special edition of backstage questions. Oh, backstage questions, yeah. Uh, or an AMA, ask me anything. We'll ask Jacob his favorite lunch. You know, what would you have on a on a, on Christmas morning? You know, this is this is uh, what's Jewish Jacob's favorite recipe? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> is it is it pastrami and rye or just pastrami yeah, yeah. and wheat? Jewish rye. Kind of yeah, <laughs> that those kind of questions. Well, anyway, it's about lunchtime. We're getting hungry. What's that? I ate some pastrami on Jewish rye yesterday. It was really good. Hey. There we go. All right. Well, we're getting hungry, so we got to get Jacob out to uh, to lunch in a minute. But we got to continue. Jacob, this U.S. intelligence. This is a, a weird, the weirdest article that I read. U.S. intelligence about the possibility of Putin putting a nuclear weapon on orbit. This is from the Five Eyes, the European allies, the Five Eyes, the English-speaking allies, that there might be testing a nuclear weapon, putting it on orbit, and detonating it. Now, they're divided whether Putin would actually do it, but based on Nedvedev's uh, statements, you can possibly yes. see that they could, if they're desperate enough. So this is a space war. And yes. uh, denial of these weapons existing was one time a big thing. Now it's it's pretty much admitted now that these two weapons do exist. There's also the problem of orbital instability. There have been satellites that have crashed. Mm. There have been space shuttles that have crashed. There have been things like this, where the debris has fallen to Earth. If you have nu nuclear debris falling to Earth, you've got a problem. Mm. Uh, enough fissionable material. That is one of the reasons they have used batteries and used solar reflectors to power satellites instead of using miniature nuclear reactors like you'd have in a submarine because of that very danger. Um, nobody has ever done wanted to float a nuke before. 
Additionally, ideas that went back to the 1960s and, and 70s of removing nuclear waste by taking it out into space. Or right. subtle crafting, you had nuclear waste, visionable material or radioactive waste on a space shuttle, what would happen? Now, this policy, simply because of the fear of a crash or, or some kind of orbital instability or a disaster on takeoff that have happened, um, that is being shelved by Putin if he's going to develop such a weapon. If you put something that is nuclear, and it's a weapon, it's not just a nuclear right. generator, yeah. <laughs> it's not just a reactor, it's a weapon. If you're going to put that in orbit, <laughs> There is a there's automatically a vulnerability, yeah, of some kind of a system of technical failure, and then the United States would have to do two things: one, develop its own <laughs> to, to maintain MAD to maintain mutual assured destruction. Yeah, yeah. The second is they would have to develop satellites that they can bring next to the Russian satellite and explode it and shoot shoot it down, shoot them up by you know shoot that. They reckon that'd be the easiest way to shoot them down is have another orbital satellite with 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 detonation material on it that you could detonate it next to the Russian satellite. But then what about the nuclear fallout? Hmm. What if it enters the Earth's atmosphere? Very, very dangerous what Putin is doing. Very dangerous. Well, Jacob, if they exploded a nuclear weapon in outer space, then the the chaos that would be on the earth, the GPS systems going out, the guidance systems for planes, yeah. for communication systems all over the world with just one weapon. Yeah. One, it would just be chaos everywhere. So I don't know who ha knows how to read maps anymore, but you might <laughs> want to buy a few. I buy a few. Not, not only that, uh, but Putin wouldn't be able to control beyond a limited degree and not falling on Russia. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, to a certain you know, degree. He don't care about life. You've said it already, Jacob. You know, it's interesting. I did, we just got a little update here. U.S. military is tracking a high-altitude balloon over Colorado. Uh, according to U.S. officials, uh, it is not a threat at this point. It just kind of reminded me of uh, what happened last year with the Chinese balloon yeah. uh, over certain states. They're, it still, wasn't they're still sending those around. They're still yeah. sending them. But <laughs> yeah. if I don't... Well, yeah, they're looking into the purpose of the balloon. Is Biden compromised or is Biden a Chinese asset? Right. Uh, the U.S. has sent military aircraft to investigate. Oh, man, this those are. Anyway, let's talk about something much more dangerous than that, which is uh, Neuralink. Neuralink. All kidding aside. Uh, Neuralink, the first human uh, brain interface and uh, recipient is controlling now uh, a mouse, a computer mouse, just by thinking. And uh, the, this is the claim. So they got FDA approval. Now they moved into uh, inserting it. The procedure went okay and successfully operated. Now he, the person is operating a computer mouse cursor uh, with their thoughts, just with their thoughts. So uh, amazing stuff. Jacob, is, is this thing going to improve? Are they going to put a halt to it just because it's so crazy? Well, as we've been saying for 30 years, as we've been saying, I keep I hate to keep sounding like the risk of sounding like a broken record, but 30 <laughs> years ago we began talking about this stuff, and it's happened. That doesn't make me a prophet, but if it didn't happen, it would have certainly made me a false one. <laughs> um, anything that fallen man can use for evil, he will. The capacity of this technology to jump neurons, to jump dendrites, 
in nervous tissue, um, cytons, can be used to treat blindness when you have people with dead optical nerves, dead audio nerves, deafness. You can use it to help people with motor neuron disease. The clinical potential to, for it to be used for good is obvious. But anything that fallen man can use for good, he will ultimately use for evil. That's right. What if you animate a corpse mm. alive on artificial uh, cardiovascular function by yeah. artificial life support? That technology itself is getting better, and AI is going to revolutionize it. Where well, you're going to have an imitation of of, of 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 not only of both sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, and of the autonomic nervous system. Mm. AI is going to with with this Neuralink technology combined with AI, you are going to have people who are going to be cyber zombies. Yeah, will eventually create cyber zombies. They may have been brain dead, but what happens if you can pseudo reanimate neurological function with Neuralink technology combined with AI? Whoa. Look at Revelation 13. It's all going there. It is mm -hmm. all going there. Yeah. In, in terms of what you described, Jake, I mean, who is that person then? <laughs> if there were to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, most I mean, TikTok it, users are already brain dead. Too, oh, so. oh, Jay, that is such a oh man, that yeah, that's that's a snide remark. Um, you know, just, just <laughs> how dare you insult in. dead? How insult you? How dare you insult dead people? Comparing them to uh, <laughs> to TikTokers? No, well, but you that, think about it. You think about it. Artificial respiration, okay, controlled by AI now, not just controlled by the kind of monitoring they they've always had. With, with oxygen levels, oxygen saturation levels being being monitored in intensive care units. That, that, that's that been around for a long time. Yes. What is going to happen when it can be done by taking over the sympathetic, parasympathetic, mm. and autonomic nervous systems? What will happen when respiration will become independent of, mm. of consistent monitoring in, in a hospital and then the person can become animated, animated, by neurological manipulation that's what we're talking about incredible they will counterfeit the resurrection you can bring somebody back to life it'll yeah. look like, it'll look like you're 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 raising the dead it'll yeah. look like you were raising the dead hmm. right now if you got somebody in an artificial life support system okay their heart is beating and they're breathing but the, the, the physicians will tell you, tell the family, they're brain dead. We have to shut this off. They only look like right. they're they're already. What's going to happen when, when you when you have neurological animation? Yeah, and the person is back, combined <laughs> with AI. Yeah. Oh man, it, it's gonna it's gonna be like a, a, a risen from the dead experience. Revelation, dead experience. Mean, man. Yeah. Just look at it. Now, Jacob, if they were to do that, and you talk about the person not being there or being there and a demonic spirit taking over that. I think they've already done it with Biden, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, no wonder they nominated. I think, I think uh, he's brain dead. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it reanimated. No wonder they nominated Musk for the Nobel Peace Prize because uh, advancements in science, advancement in technology and free speech, uh, this is, uh, you know, this is... Uh, 
a stout proponent of free speech, says uh, Maris Nelson and the region member parliament, who basically is the one that forwarded the the the, uh, um, the nomination of Elon Musk to become Nobel Peace Prize. It's interesting, isn't it, that he's getting all these accolades from conservatives, from liberals, from technology. Yeah. But AI is crazy. I mean, the, the Google AI, the Gemini one, that was nuts. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's racist. It's woke. It's anti-white. It's anti-whiteism. Yes. It's, it's um, anti-history. Period. Yeah, Re- revisionist. It's revisionist. Yeah, it's, it's literally like going to the Ministry of Truth and rewriting <laughs> history to fit your political narrative, just like 1984. You get wow. rid of the old evidence. You get rid of the old f- photographs. You get rid of the historical documents. You rewrite them and you present them. To form your narrative, whatever it needs to be, it's yeah, literally it, 1984. It's today. It, it it is. It is absolutely. You know, the, the, you know, the the speech is different, right? You have to change words. You have to capitalize on that, and uh, you have to make everything different. You know, it's yeah. 1984. Well, I think, I think back to this. Like, what's going to happen when you talk to a dead corpse, and instead of saying "Hey Siri," you say "Hello, darling." <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is talking to their dead spouse or something, and they think they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, AI is going to be absolutely crazy. And uh, I mean, obviously, this AI—it's—it's it's racist as well. But what about the ones that really are changing the way? You know, I, I think Jay and I talked about Sora, right? The, the AI Sora by OpenAI. Yeah. Unbelievable image video making. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned Jay is going to change the studios. Change, destroy Hollywood as we know it. Well, the foundations have been laid with YouTube and Rumble that yeah. people will be making their own films. They will be mm-hmm. making their own content, con- content creators. You give yeah. those same content creators access to something like Sora, and suddenly people who have always wanted to be directors, always wanted to make their own uh, content oh. like episodics, they'll have the power to do them. Oh, man. With so I mean it's powerful. I mean it is expensive probably, probably very expensive to run, but very powerful in terms of what it can do. Yeah, yeah. I was I was impressed. I was just impressed by just what what I saw and what I, what what I was able to see. But when talking to you about what they're gonna do with the uh, with Hollywood and the studios there, I mean man, that that is gonna be That's a game changer. The guy walking with through the market in the winter with in cherry blossoms yeah. blossoming in the winter time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it looks so real. Yeah, I mean, you can sort of create your own reality. Yeah, you just sort of create your own reality. Oh, I want, I want to do this, and this is what's happening with relationships, right? We're talking about Jay. Uh, you know, the, these guys that are becoming lonely and desperate, and they they, they go get AI girlfriends. I think David brought That's it up right. earlier, and that uh, you create your own reality. I want to go out with whoever, boom, 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 and I want to be seen with whoever, and you put it out, and there you are, walking along with your favorite. Uh, you know, I guess your Girl, favorite AI girlfriend. Yeah. If, 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 if I may real quickly go back and connect some dots. So yeah. imagine Sora being able to interface with something like Neuralink, where suddenly you don't even need to use a An text interface. prompt. You think yeah. it and it is. Yeah. That's what that's where it's going. You got a hundred percent right. A hundred percent right. And uh and you're gonna wanna do it because you know, Who doesn't want to create their own reality? Yeah, but it'll have this reward system, you know, where you're just going to be in this world 
to create, you know, what Jacob's been saying, you know, to create your own reality through video game, you know. Be your own God. Be your own God. You can become anything you want. Yeah. Yeah. Remember we warned about virtual simulators 25, 30 years ago? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Marco, can I bring up uh, AI and jobs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's finish that off real quick, and then we'll move on to Israel, and we'll be done with the episode. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, this past week in Mumbai, India, there was a big AI conference. And um, if you're familiar with India's uh, call center servicing sector, which they pioneered, it's a $250 billion business. It uh, works in a lot in there in, in India, as well as in the Philippines, Malaysia, some other places where English is taught or even in other languages um, from Europe. They use, uh, so the prime minister said, oh, AI is not going to, last year said AI is not going to cost us any jobs because we're going to retrain people uh, along the way. But now this year he's saying it's going to cost lots of jobs. So yep. the the tune has changed. And it's going to affect a lot of people in the business. You're either going to have to make yourself more important and understand AI and uh, uh, other things. But if you're just uh, doing repetitive tasks, they can be taken over by, mm-hmm. or if you're compiling data, you're, you can be replaced by a machine. And trust me, Anybody that owns a business in this sector that could use a machine instead of human labor, they'll do in a minute. Yeah, that's why in California they're trying to make these uh, these outrageous. You know, um, I think there's some assemblyman and congressman that fifty dollars an hour, twenty dollars an hour minimum wage. I'm like, that's never going to work because companies won't really ever hire anybody for that. Uh-huh. If they do ever hire, it'll be temporarily, and they'll be replacing it with robotics and AI. Yeah. I mean, isn't McDonald's already doing that, replacing people? Chaos are taking people at the register, taking away their jobs, and then you also have robotics that are being used to cook now. In fact, L.A. has their first, I believe it's no human being, as far as they have a flippy uh, robot that flips the burger, they have another robot that creates the fries, and they have a self-service kiosk where... You press your order, it comes out. And they have robots that now serve drinks and serve food in restaurants. If you haven't seen those, they they come to your table, they deliver your drink, and go back. And they give you a little wink and a smile. (laughs) There, there There is one good thing about this. You can actually yell at the IAI for the robot for um, messing up your order and it won't hurt its feelings. Oh man, yeah. Plus you don't have to tip, you don't have to tip them. Nope. Oh, they'll ask for it, trust me. <laughs> on, on behalf of the owner. Yeah. 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 David, David, you remember we stayed at, I don't know what hotel it was one time and then you can ask for a toothbrush or a towel and they'll send yeah. a robot up there. Yeah, they send a was, robot up there. That's, yeah, yeah, that was, that's actually at the Hilton. And it's in uh, LA. Down yeah, at the airport. LA. And they have yeah. them, uh, they have them in overseas and oh, uh, yeah. in had them other in places. Yeah. Yeah, Japan. You don't have to send anybody up. It comes yeah. and then it, it rings your doorbell or calls you. And then you go to the door, and there's this robot with a little tray yeah. that he yeah. presents you. 
Let me say this probably real quick. You actually and then we'll find to... yourself saying thank you to a robot. Yeah, exactly. It's great. No, they, they have words, these things. Mark yeah. my words, everyone. I say this to everyone who's listening. Mark my words. I don't know if it'll be 10 years or less or 12 years or 15 years. I don't know when it's coming. But you will not just have AI. You will have double AI, autonomous artificial intelligence. Mm. Yeah, doing their own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's going to be that's going to be insane. But, that but a robot's going to ask for a tip, but not, 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 not for the restaurant owner. He's going to want the tip for, for himself. <laughs> Go ahead, Davy. You had something to say. Go ahead, jump in. Oh, I was just thinking with all the AI and um, the way things are going, it's kind of like more and more and more all the time. I appreciate. Uh, um, how God's created us. He's created, created us with our own distinct personalities. There are things that AI, at least at present, AI is soulless. And even, even computer-generated imagery lacks something. It, it lacks something that um, uh, traditional animation, things like that have always had. It's kind of like, I kind of like imperfections of humanity coming through in people's work as an artist and that kind of thing. It's kind of, it's an expression of a person. Thankfully at the moment, AI is soulless. Uh, I think the dangerous thing is, okay, <laughs> we have that bit in revelation where yep. breath is breathed into the yep. age. We did that on uh, RTN. We did that on that, Word for the Weekend on RTN. Yep. At the moment, it, it can't do that. And all it can be is cold and, uh, you know, um, almost too perfect. It, it's yeah. kind of like you know, we've AI generated imagery. It always looks a little bit too perfect sometimes. Yes. It's kind of, um, so I kind of appreciate <laughs> um, all their little peculiarities as people yes. more and more as we see this sort of stuff coming down the track. And, all right. It, it, every, anything that can be computerized is always hackable too it's yes, kind of yeah. like playing dangerous ground yeah and that's where a lot of that is heading right. to uh, final final subject before we move on to backstage israel among the nations jacob let's talk a little bit about that brazil severs a relationship with israel lula's again wrecking havoc in in, in brazil and south america you got maduro you got in Bolivia, uh, these guys are very communist, very pro-Muslim, pro-Iran, anti-Jew. You have Javier Malay, very pro-Israel, very pro-Jew in Argentina. Yes. They seem to be prospering, although, uh, you know, always with the grain of salt, we have to take what he says. But then you have the West, by uh, Blinken, Biden, and Cameron putting pressure on it. So let's talk about Latin America. We'll move on to what the West is doing, and uh, we'll, we'll finish with the, uh, the Prince Williams and his comments on it. Of one thing we may be sure, Brazil has economic problems. BRICS is not going to solve its problems and its problem will get worse. Now, not that they've cursed Israel, it's gonna become worse still. It, mm. it's it is inevitable. Um, the one good thing about these countries like Bolivia or their government and, and Brazil and Venezuela, just look at Venezuela, look at Cuba. Oh, no man. country that goes in that direction is ever successful economically. They all implode economically. They all become basket cases. Look at Cuba. Look at Venezuela. Look look, look what the Contras did. None of them ever become successful. 
Brazil is going the same way as Bolivia. Argentina mm. realized this stuff doesn't work. Argentina, they went from the Peronistas to, to some kind of left-wing <laughs> movement. <laughs> it was so crazy. And now it's gone in a free market, pro-Israel, pro-American direction. And things are improving because they blessed Israel. That is Latin America. What these countries do is not going to matter long term because their economies are going to decline. How can a country with the oil resources of Venezuela more yeah. more than Saudi Arabia? All right, it's not as light. The crude is not as light as Saudi Arabia. But how can a country with that kind of oil reserves be in the trouble it's in? Mm. Um, people eating dog food. Um, it just doesn't work. So mm. I'm not too worried about the long-term repercussions of those countries, even though they may gravitate towards China or something like this. It doesn't matter. Now, it matters, but not to the degree they would like to think. What happens in Britain, though, is something else. Now you've got what you see in the United States. The Labour Party in Britain is like the Democratic Party in the United States. You've got a state that went for Trump in 2016. Um, you've got Michigan. It can go either way. Mm. But because of Biden and Clinton, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, because of Bush and Clinton, you've got a large Islamic population in not only Twin Cities, not only in Minnesota, but you've got it also in Detroit. particularly yeah, the Michigan. Oh, huge. And in yeah. Dearborn. And in Dearborn. Dearborn. Without that Islamic vote, the question now becomes, can the Democrats hold that state? Mm. The Democrats are looking, the Muslims are, are reacting against Biden's forced support for Israel. Okay. That's right. Okay. You've got the same thing in Britain with the Labour Party. Extreme anti-Semitism in the Labour Party, the party leader was deposed, replaced by another person who claims not to be anti-Semitic. But the power of the Islamic vote in Britain and radical Islam, and radical pro-Hamas even, is such that the Labour Party is caught between a rock and a hard place. Can it support Israel without repercussions? No. Can it support Hamas without repercussions? No. This has happened. So Islam is playing its card in Michigan, and it's playing its card in England. The Scottish National Party, which is left-wing, and again, an economic disaster, everything they touch turns to excrement, literally. They <laughs> are, have a radical pro-Palestinian or a radical, essentially pro-Hamas policy. Demanding Britain stops all military, sale of military hardware to, to Israel and so forth. The Labour Party is divided over it. Big, big problem. Hmm. It's also affected the Conservative Party, but not to the degree that has affected Labour. Step up Prince William, the next king. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what has happened. He has now spoken out. Now remember, in most of the world, they are taking the casualty and fatality statistics of Hamas as fact. We know that Hamas is exaggerating the figures of civilian casualties in Gaza. Oh, and yes. not telling you that what civilian casualties there are is because Hamas is using their own people as human shields. So we're using our people as human shields 
and and, and, and you've killed five thousand, but we're going to say you killed ten thousand. That 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 that's what is happening. And of course, the mainstream media is more than happy to report the lie as fact. Second, they look to the United Nations, the United Nothing, for moral credibility. In fact, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, which does not even exist, there's no reason for Palestinian Arabs to have their own UN agency. Why, why don't the people in Rwanda or Burundi have that? You know what I'm saying? But they That's have right. their own. Because of, because of the corruption of the UN and the power of the Islamic world. Okay, so now there's irrefutable evidence of UN collaboration. Yeah, Hamas yeah. era. Yes. How can you apply? How can you appeal to the UN as a moral source of anything when it's engaged in active cooperation with Islamic terror? But you're supposed to ignore that as well, and the media and governments are doing it. Okay. But now we have something else: the British monarchy. Two things, or three, actually three things, have happened to the British monarchy. One is Brexit. Before Brexit, the British monarchy as an institution represented emblematically British sovereignty against an encroaching, unelected socialist bureaucracy of Brussels and the EU. There were people who supported the monarchy because of what it represented in terms of the British heritage and identity against an encroaching EU bureaucracy subverting British democracy. People supported the monarchy because of its emblematic power and its link with history. And the British history, you have to understand it the way English people think or British people think, particularly the English. We resisted Napoleon. We resisted Henry VIII. We resisted Europe. We always, you know, the, the Battle of Trafalgar, Lord Nelson, all, there's the Spanish Armada, Francis Drake defeating... It was always Britain against the continent. We kept ourselves, and this was the Second World War. Hitler's not going to get us. Napoleon's not going to get us. In the Reformation, the Pope is not going to get us. You know what I'm saying? The Pope tried to get control of Britain um, with, with Queen Mary and things like that. Okay, so that was always their history. Not since William the Conqueror has anybody from the continent conquered Britain. William yes. the Conqueror was a French-speaking Viking. Okay, and he was not a Latin European. Okay, that was always what happened. So the monarchy was a representation of resistance to domination of Britain by the continent. Okay, once Brexit happens, they no longer need it for that. It no longer has a valuable political significance of any kind, not even symbolically. Okay, it doesn't represent anything anymore because it has no reason to. British sovereignty is not under threat from Europe anymore. Not not in the same way or to the same degree, at least. Okay, so the monarchy is not so important. Secondly, Queen Elizabeth was personally respected. This goes back to the fact that she was queen so long, since 1953. She won the respect of people by the way she conducted herself and the way she ran the monarchy. And she was a princess during the Second World War. Her parents were, were really, again, uh, rallying points for the British nation against Hitler and the Blitz, okay? And she was the daughter of that. So she was respected. She was even, you know, respected by the Irish, ironically. Um, Interesting. 
you know, which, which does not all the Irish, but a lot of them, they were, were okay with that. Um, you know, she's gone now. When she died, the respect and integrity of the monarchy died with her. Then you have, oh, boy, boy. <laughs> the, death, the death of Princess Diana killed the glamour associated with the monarchy. There's no more glamour associated with the monarchy since Princess Diana died. No more. Camilla, the Charles was apparently committing adultery with, she, she does not have the glamour. <laughs> she does not bring the glamour that Princess Diana did to the monarchy. So the glamour is gone, the political significance is gone, and the respect of the monarch personally is gone. Prince Charles does not command the respect his mother did, not even an inch of it, okay? Then you have the rest of the royal family. Prince Andrew, his brother, was down with Jeffrey Epstein on that <laughs> island with Bill Clinton with, with the underage girls. Yes. He's stripped of all of his royal titles and functions, basically. Uh, they, the police were wanting him and questioning in the States. And all. He, he paid these big lawyers to get himself off the hook, but he's hiding now, you know? He, he, he doesn't come out in public anymore. He doesn't function at royal functions anymore. Nothing like that. So that's Prince Andrew's gone, okay? Um, the, the Queen's sister is old. Um, she's not really relevant anymore. Um, so then you've got the prince's two sons. Harry and Meghan are a joke in Britain. Nobody respects them. They accused the Queen Elizabeth of being a racist and things like this, which she certainly was not. Um, she, they were on Oprah and made clowns of themselves in the eyes of not only the British people, but I think of people in a lot of countries, uh, certainly other Commonwealth countries like Australia, New Zealand. They're not popular figures. Um, they're even ridiculed by, by the tabloids in Britain and things like this. So Diana's gone. The Queen is gone. We have Brexit now. There's no political relevance to the monarchy. Prince Andrew is morally discredited. His aunt is really old. And you got these two sons, one of whom is married to a grade D Hollywood actress wannabe, um, you know, who's seen as a, as a bimbo, um, generally. Um, and she, she's only half black anyway, but she plays the race card. Um, her, her own, she's alienated from her own father and so forth. And then you have that leaves Prince William, heir to the throne. He's looking to save the monarchy. He knows he's going to be the next king. What's he going to do? He tries to get political. What's the easiest way to do it? Attack Israel. Hmm. Too many people have been killed, he says. By whose statistics? Hamas? Are you counting the members of Hamas who the Israelis have killed? He comes out, the queen never would have done that. Never would have done that. He has to accept the fact that he doesn't want to accept, that the monarchy no longer has any purpose whatsoever other than to bring in American and Japanese tourists who want to see pomp and pageantry, who want to take pictures of Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle and Sandringham and Belmoral Castle in, 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 in Scotland and of Clarence House and watch the changing of the guards and the parade and the concert that goes with it. And they and they want to go to St. James Palace and get the picture taken next 
to, to the Grenadier Guard with the bearskin hat and everything like that. And they want to go to the Tower of London to see the crown jewels. It has no other purpose other than it brings in foreign exchange and foreign tourist revenue. That's the only real purpose of the monarchy. It's, it helps the British economy and the sector of tourism. It has no other purpose anymore. The queen is gone. The glamour is gone with Diana long ago. Okay. Queen Elizabeth, God bless her memory. She was respected, but she's no longer with us. Then you've got her son, Andrew, the perv, down with, with, with Epstein and them and Clinton and them, the other pervs. Okay. And then, and then you've got Harry and Meghan with, with, with Oprah. Okay. Attacking the monarchy in the media. Yeah. And then, and then, and now you've got this other, now you've got William. Uh, that is the situation. Pandering to radical Islam to try to give himself some kind of a meaning or viability because he's the beneficiary of an institution that apart from tourism is otherwise obsolete. It is politically obsolete. Now, there are countries in the world where you've had a lot of political instability, where the monarchy bought a sense of stability that was needed. Example, Thailand, where you have the yellow shirts and the red shirts fighting each other and things like that. The king of Thailand did help bring a national sense of cohesion and stability. The monarchy served a practical purpose, or serves a practical purpose in Thailand to a degree. Okay. But that's not the case in England. It no longer has, since Brexit, it no longer has a viable political function. So they need, he needs some way to try to find, to make himself relevant. Well, kick the Jews. That, that, that's, that's it. That seems he's, to be always the easiest solution, isn't it? To yeah, go he's, to he's a tourist attraction. He's nothing but a tourist attraction. He's a and circus, a subject, man. He's a, a subject for the tabloid press. Yeah. When, when he gets a toothache or something. I, you I, know, think, some... I think he's not a circus. I think he might be a freak show, actually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Bearded lady, yeah. <laughs> Very good, Jay. No, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's become... You know, anyway, there's as much to say on that, but it's become such a ridiculous. But it's it's normal, isn't it? When you have things like that, has beens and people that don't bear any any meaning anymore, the easiest way to do it to get some publicity is to attack the Jews. Um, yep. You know, it's, it's similar to churches. It is weird. It, it, churches that have, that have gone ecumenical and pro LGBT, and, and they don't matter anymore in terms of the Christian faith. They jump on the anti-Israel, anti-Jew bandwagon. That's really what they do. Of course, it's like the Catholic Church jumping yeah, on the, it's illegal, like the Vatican. illegal immigrant, illegal immigrant bandwagon. Because yeah. people are leaving the Catholic Church or just not attending it, so they bring in people from the third world who still go to church to, to uh, replace their ranks. I mean, yeah, unreal, unreal. Uh, I, I did want to say something before we finish. It's, it's, it's I just thought about this, uh, uh, Jacob, and this might be a good point to remember. Uh, Brazil and the anti-Jewish rhetoric yeah. that they're having with uh, with the president, uh, Bolivia, Venezuela, uh, Cuba, uh, for a smaller extent, Nicaragua. Uh, they the population of Brazil is 214 million. It's huge. Yeah. It's a huge population, yes. second yeah. to the U.S. and Latin America. And, and the and size it, of it, its size is massive. Massive. Than the rest of South America put together. And and they they one of the things that have happened over the last 30, 40 years, and there's this, the growth of evangelical Christianity 
abandoning yeah. Catholicism. That's where the Pope was always going to Brazil, yeah. trying, yeah. To, yeah. trying to preserve it. And uh, in Cuba, lots of believers coming to faith because of Maybe. what they've suffered. Venezuela, same thing. So I've just been invited to Cuba, and they tell me there's 76 churches. Oh, at least, yeah. No, just the ones I was invited to. It was one oh, movement, okay. 76 churches, and they want to bring all the pastors and leaders together just to hear me say God. That's just one of them. Yeah. There's, there's many more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cuba para Cristo. Yeah, that's that's really an important thing. Um, but so we have to pray for them. We have to pray for these believers <laughs> yep. in those persecuted in those countries. They are persecuted and they're very anti-Israel, very anti-Jewish. And and, and, and so they're, they're, they're at a crossroad. There's, a lot of believers in Brazil are not anti-Jewish. They're not anti-Israel. But the, the government... Is, the Pentecostals of Latin America are generally pro-Zionist. That's right. That's right. And then you have a very pro-Israel president in, um, in Argentina. And, and and so we pray for that. There's lots of work that the Lord's going to do. And I think to Jacob, echo Jacob's words that the Lord will give rain, the Holy Spirit, to the Latin community before Amen. Jesus comes. So uh, much, much prayer but for notice that. Notice already there's been an improvement in the Argentine, Argentine economy. Oh, yeah. yeah. They got a surplus now all of a already. sudden. <laughs> already it's improving. Yeah. Bless so, them, they bless thee, and curse them, they curse thee. That's right. That's right. Problems. That's already got yeah. problems. We're going to get yeah. worse. Well, our, dollar right. just tanked. our dollar just tanked this week, and um, we've got Penny Wong and Elbow turning against Israel, and Elbow's too busy going to um, Taylor Swift concerts, and who's yep. the other rock star he's going to? An opening queer museum. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing that judgment at the moment. Well, Albanese will always get a chance to go to a queer museum if he had a chance. <laughs> He's always going to get to that point. So uh, thank you guys so much. We're going to be jumping on backstage, catching up. Has come to a close on this. The other side of catching up is backstage. Jump from YouTube. Jump from Facebook. Go to the other side and catch us on Rumble, on Memorial.tv, MemorialTV.org, Vimeo, Telegram. And we'll see you on backstage in just a few minutes program that um, our tech overlords do not do not want us to talk about and that is about the christian faith and things related to that and uh, they'll censor us if they have to which they have to some extent or another uh, but by god's grace we're still we're still preaching the word we're still talking about uh relevant things prophetic things things of the scriptures and um we got a lot of questions so jacob prash let's get started on the questions jacob why was the book of yasher quoted in the book of joshua for the same reason that the book of Enoch is quoted in the book of Jude. These things are historically important literature. These ancillary books, like Dasha, are important for the purposes of history and literature only. They're of literary and historical importance. They are not a basis of doctrine. However, they do confirm something. They have an apologetic value, and that's part of the reason I believe that, that the Lord has ordained for them to be cited in Scripture. It shows that it's not just the Bible that says these things happen. There are independent historical sources that confirm that these things happened. Although, again, I don't agree with anything theologically about the epic of Gilgamesh, it does show that other civilizations knew about the great flood and Noah's Ark. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it does show that. We can read Josephus. 
<coughs> Dovibu shows that the prophecies of Daniel and Jesus <coughs> literally happened in wars with the Jews. But where these books are quoted, <coughs> be they apocryphal or something like Yasher, they help us understand the background of Scripture. One of the things that's most important about the book of Joshua is as follows. <coughs> Don't know what's going on. It's something to do with the Nephilim. They tell us that the Nephilim came down to Mount Hermon, which was the Mount of Transfiguration. Not Mount Tabor, Mount Hermon was the real Mount of Transfiguration. So where the Nephilim came down, is where Jesus went up. The Nephilim came down to where Jesus went up. That's important. It helps us understand the transfiguration. He's going up there to, to assert the sovereignty and dominion of God over a place where Satan tried to subject the creation to the powers of Satan, to the powers of demons, to the Nephilim. That is one of the reasons God has the book of Yasher quoted. It's not giving it a doctrinal credence, but it is certainly ascribing to it a historical credence, which in turn has an apologetic value in the defense of the claims of Scripture as an authentic historical record. Does that explain it? Yep, that's very good. The book of Yasher, because there's a lot of questions on Enoch and Yasher all yes. the time, especially from people that uh, uh, yes. they swear up and down are supposed to be canonical, and it's supposed to be part of the canon. So, um, good good answer, Jacob. Jacob, I have a friend who says God is finished with Israel because the church is the true Israel, and Jesus is only focused on the church, and that is His kingdom here on earth now. How do I answer someone who says the book of Revelation is limited to our understanding? Please uh, give me your thoughts. I don't know how to answer. Uh, Jacob, elaborate. Well, I don't know if we can go on elaboration. We have many teachings on our website addressing this kind of ridiculous error. Do not try to argue from the book of Revelation with such people. Argue with things that are more straightforward and harder for them to 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 deny or, or that they'll have to resort to circumlocution to even engage with. Jesus made it clear, Luke 21, 24. Jerusalem will be surrounded by the feet of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is completed, using the Greek word pluteron. A time would come when the Jews would have to be back in their capital, Jerusalem, in the land. Matthew 23, 39. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You will not see me till you see, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, till you say that. Jesus made it clear the Jews would have to be back in Jerusalem for him to return. Zechariah chapter 12. The burden of the Lord concerning <laughs> Jerusalem. They'll look upon me who they have pierced. Just taking those <coughs> three verses from Zechariah 12, then Matthew 23, 39. Luke 21, 24, just those three makes it clear that the rebirth of Israel is in God's prophetic agenda and 
is crucial for the return of Christ. That's right. Just take, keep it simple. Just make them deal with those basic truths. Then you can get into Revelation and other books. But take the straightforward statements that make it clear that God has a, <coughs> a prophetic agenda for Israel. Then Romans 9 to 11. Remember, Romans 9 to 11 explains the relationship between the church and Israel. Paul makes it clear that they remain beloved for the sake of their fathers. God made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he has obligated himself to keep it. Paul makes this clear. To the Jews belongs, present continuous active, Romans 10.1. To the Jews belongs, that's Romans 9, 10, and 11. Below active, present active, continuous in Greek. Yeah, chapter 9. Yeah, chapter 9. Yeah, yeah. 9, 14 is it? Anyway. 9, 4. Belongs, belongs the diatheke, not the covenant, but the covenants. Both the old and new covenants still belong sure. to the Jews. So yeah. God's finished with the Jews. He's automatically finished with the church because he never made a covenant with the church. Jeremiah 31, 31. The new covenant was to be made with the Jews, not with the church. Read it. Make them deal with that. Don't try to argue about God's prophetic purposes from Israel with Revelation, with from Book of Revelation with such people. Make them deal with Romans 9, 10, and 11, Luke 21, 24, Zechariah 12, 10, or 1 to 10, and Matthew 23, the end of the chapter. Very good. Very good. Uh, Jacob, with the advent of AI, transhumanism, Neuralink, virtual reality, and all such advancements in technology, does this have any correlation with Revelation 9-6? I'll read it to you. And in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, and death will flee from them. No, it would be more significant to Revelation 13. Very good. Very good. Yeah, because it, it's I think it's this death here is not applying it to the technological yes. advances yes. here. Revelation 17, uh, 12 and 14. I'll read it to you. Revelation 17, 12 and uh, 17, 12 to 14. Here it is. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings which you have not received the kingdom, but they have received authority as kings and the, with the beast for one hour. These have been uh, have one purpose and to give their power and authority to the beast. This will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them because he's the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with them are called chosen and faithful. Could these be the kings that have one mind, brain chips connected to each other? <laughs> no, I think that's hyper-speculative. No, I would not say that. The seven okay. horns, you have to begin with the horns. You have to begin in Daniel chapter 7. Work your way forward to Revelation chapter 12. I would not say, I would not speculate. That's hyper-speculative. No. Yeah, yeah. be careful with dice of Jesus, I would say. Just reading into the text something that, that's not meant to be there. It's reported now that Iran is enriched enough, I would be, I guess, uranium. It doesn't say that here, but enough uranium to build a bomb within a week. What does he, what does Jacob think of Israel's response or what it would be, what it will be? Well, first of all, we may thank Barack Obama for that. He's the one who gave them the money. He's the one who gave them the green light to continue the research. Uh, although it was clothed in double talk to make it seem like he was 
extracting concessions from them not to do it, the, that is absolutely groundless. We I mean, thank Barack Obama for doing everything he could to make Iran <clears throat> the threat to Israel and to the West that it is. Daniel chapter 10 tells us there will be a conflict between the Prince of Persia and the Prince of Greece. There will be a conflict between Israel and Iran. The Prince of Persia, there's a demonic power in control of it. I would refer you to our teaching on Daniel chapter 10 on the Prince of Persia. That explains it. Um, you cannot trust the American government at present. <laughs> Remember, Iran is the number one enemy of Israel. Iran is the number one sponsor of Islamic terror, be it Hamas, the Houthis, or Hezbollah. And the Biden administration or the Joe Obama administration is the number one sponsor of Iran. They unfroze assets mm. worth $300 billion plus billions more they gave them. Mm. Just look what they're doing now. They're playing footsies with the with the Houthis. They're the shooting Houthis. at American ships or American-owned ships, and they're doing nothing. They're shooting yeah. at the Houthis. You've got to you got to kill the octopus not by cutting off its legs, but by shooting the eye. You've got to aim for Iran to do it, but they won't. It's a corrupt government, a corrupt administration, and evil, evil men who are somehow demonically controlled. That is Biden. That is certainly Blinken. That is Austin. But on back of it all is Valerie Jarrett, Susan Rice, yeah. yep, and with Barack Iran. Obama. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Uh, demonically animated, or at least demonically influenced. Yeah, no doubt. And plus, you know, the, the dealing with the Prince of Persia and Daniel Ten, yes. that tells you all you need to know that the the State Department has no yes. idea. Uh, Jacob, wouldn't recognizing Palestine violate the Oslo Accord? No, it would not. The Oslo Accord does allow the possibility of a well, they call it a second two-state solution, but in fact, it would be a three-state solution. There is a Palestinian state already. Yeah, Jordan, yeah. Jordan. Will a peace agreement be forced on Israel this year? The Biden administration is trying to do that as we speak. They are trying to force Israel to accept a, a unilateral two-state solution with Hamas. Now, how can you pressure Israel to accept a two-state solution with a power that denies your right to exist? They only want a one-state solution, Islamic <laughs> Palestine. We don't recognize it. Hamas rejects a two-state solution. Yeah. Hezbollah rejects a two-state solution. Iran rejects a two-state solution. The Houthis reject a two-state solution. So how is Biden and Cameron trying to pressure Israel to accept something that the Palestinian Authority, in effect, Hamas the Houthis, Hezbollah, and their Iranian sponsors all reject. It's not even possible, but they're yeah. trying to do it anyway. This is the corruption of the American government and the stupidity of people who pay any attention to people like Biden and Blinken and Obama. Yeah. It, it goes back to the three nose of cartoon even way back then, right? No peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, no negotiation with Israel. So there you have it. How do you do that, right? Uh, Jacob, should Trump win? Do you think he'll handle Ukraine in the Middle East crisis? Can he be like the Josiah of his day? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I would hope he handled it 
Well, it'd be hard to handle any worse than than Biden. <laughs> I think remember, had Trump been president, it wouldn't have happened. Had Trump been president, Afghanistan wouldn't have happened, Gaza wouldn't have happened, and Ukraine wouldn't have happened. Okay. However, I myself do not believe that God's hand is on Donald Trump anymore the way it was. After he held that gay, so-called gay, that homosexual gala at Mar-a-Lago, that lake was at and all these other... <laughs> an unjust balance is an abomination to the Lord. I can't condemn Democrats for their pro-gay agenda or pro-homosexual agenda when Trump did the same thing now. I don't believe God's hand is on him anymore. He's also modified his position on abortion somewhat. Yes, he did. I just do not believe God's hand is on him the way it was. That's not to say he can't win, that God God establishes kings and removes kings. I don't say he won't win. I just say that he's not God's agent anymore, unless there's some kind of a repentance about this stuff. Um, Mr. DeSantis, much more, who's a Catholic, much more represented biblical values in the moral sphere than, than Donald Trump has among among certain other politicians. Uh, I just don't think that Donald Trump has God's hand on him the way God's hand was once on him. Now, it's not to say that he can't win. It's not to say I wouldn't prefer he won instead of Biden or somebody like this or Newsom or whoever they get or Michelle Obama. It's not to say that. It's just to say I don't see him as God's agent in the way I did when I voted for him the previous two times. Jake, can I ask you, if he's always been a big supporter of Israel. Do you think that could be his redeeming characteristic enough yeah. to be blessed? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is possible, yes. Yeah. It is possible, yes. Very good. Um, a few more questions, Jacob, just to get through. Uh, North London is overpopulated and over and over overdeveloped being run into the ground. What does Jacob think will happen in the UK? North London? Yeah. I don't understand why you're talking about North London. Yeah, I don't either. This is just the way the question came in. Uh, maybe a little more background on that, Davey, because it's it's sort of North London overpopulated and overdeveloped. North London is no more populated than South London or Central London. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jacob, what about the shenanigans at Westminster? I, I don't know what's going on in Westminster, but maybe you do. We've already addressed that. Yeah. Less. Okay. We've already addressed it. If there was a regime regime change in Iran, what would happen to the proxies? The proxies would seek alternative avenues of support from somebody else which at present they would not get from most of the Islamic world. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, let me look at one final question here before we move on. Um, Jacob, what are the views re regarding Egypt building its military up on the border with, uh, with Israel and threatening to break ties with it? That is political posturing. What they're really concerned about is Hamas. Hamas is the Muslim Brotherhood's military wing. Hamas killed Anwar Sadat. Hamas was deposed from power by General Sisi. It's that they don't want Hamas. They don't want Palestinian refugees who support Hamas. That is the real issue with Egypt. The other issue Egypt has, and it is huge, is 
they're losing about 20% of their national income because of the Houthis. Ships are not going through the Suez Canal, and the impact of this is economically devastating on Egypt. Those are the things they're most concerned about in the short term. In the longer term, their concern is the three dams being built in Ethiopia, which would reduce the amount of water going into the Nile to Sudan into Lake Nasser. That would that would economically devastate Egypt hmm. uh, beyond belief. That is the main long-term concern. The short-term concern is not Israel. It is they don't want Hamas. Hmm. Don't forget. Other Muslims, other Arabs don't want the Palestinians because no, they're all by radicals. In Kuwait, there was a pogrom in 1991 where the Kuwaitis had a pogrom against Palestinians. What happened in Lebanon? The Palestinians had a war with each other and with the Lebanese. Even the Assad regime, the father of the president, present president, his father, um, imprisoned and, and, and even killed a number of Palestinian Arabs. The other Arabs don't want them. So when they say Israel, Israel's doing this to the Palestinians, what they're really saying is let the Jews take them. We don't want them either. <laughs> well, that, that is typical, typical the way they've handled Don't forget, they tried to take over Jordan yep. in Black September of 1970. The Jordanians yeah. don't want them. The Egyptians don't want them. The Emirates don't want them. Nobody wants them because they're not a legitimate people group. Yeah. There, there's no such nation as Palestine. There's no such yeah. na ethnic nation. They're just Arabs. Yeah, and, and even Lebanon, when they, they, they just did a, a horrible thing when they went to Lebanon after yeah. they left Jordan. Yeah. Yasser Arafat was an Arab born in Egypt. Educated in Egypt, served in the Egyptian army. Instead of his loyalties being Egyptian, I'm a Palestinian. All of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. You know, a make-believe people group. Other Arabs don't want them. Yep. They say, I'm Lebanese, I'm Egyptian, I'm Jordanian. Even the Egyptian army is preventing Hamas from leaving the area. They're guarding the... Yeah, they know. No they, Arab yeah. nation is taking them. Yeah, they, and they, they got a lot of land Sadat. and a lot of money. They killed Sadat. It was the yeah. Muslim Brotherhood who killed Sadat. And Hamas is just the military branch of the, of the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah, because he was going to make peace with Israel. All right, well, that's all the questions that we have time for today. Let's do the final subject, Jacob. Uh, I know you got dinner planned, so let's make it quick. And I'm going to switch over here, share my screen, and play this little, little video here from MSNBC about Christians and um, what the left thinks of Christians. And then I'll play a video uh, what a other podcast, probably the biggest podcast in, 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 in probably in the world, uh, what he thinks it's going on in society and about Christians. So this is MSNBC. The one thing that unites all, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The well, let's deal with her statement here. 
tells her audience that these Christians who are not Christians, they're Christian nationalists. So Jacob, let's start with that. What is the left trying to portray here? Two different Christian groups. This woman, woman is obviously a blithering idiot. She doesn't understand are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. The foundations of American Republican democracy and of American constitutional democracy and both the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, <clears throat> the preamble of the Constitution is predicated, predicated on the belief that rights come from the creator, not from government or politicians. She's a stupid, stupid woman. She is somebody with the mind of a jackass, but the body of a human. This woman is a complete imbecile. That's first of all, she's an imbecile. But what do you expect from mess NBC? But what really bothers me is, look at the, who she's speaking to. The former chairman of the Republican National Committee. Do you see yeah. him? Yeah. That is who was listening to her and sitting there nodding. The former chairman, a rhino, a Bush Republican, is sitting there nodding his head in agreement with this left-wing imbecile. What more do you need to know? <laughs> the, uh, they both the, hate the, Trump. They both hate Trump. They both do. Yeah. The, the rise of what they call Christian nationalism is the real threat, they said, to, to, to society. They're not real Christians because real Christians don't act like this, they say, because real Christians don't support Trump. And they believe the rights come from God, they said. This is a 70-year-old battle, Marco. This is, this, yeah. this, is, this is, again, they change the language like they always do. It used to be fundamentalist Christians. Yeah, that was the battle. That, that, was, that was the battle back during the Henry Emerson Fosdick era. Mm -hmm. And now it's Christian nationalists. But it's the same thing. If you base your Christianity on the Bible, if you profess Christ the way that the early church did, you're the enemy. You have to take into consideration science, culture, and you need to mix that with your faith or it's unacceptable. That is that is the same line that they did back in the 40s when they had the branch between the conservative church and the liberal progressive church that we have today. And she is the spokesperson for that same church that was funded by the Rockefellers. Yeah, it was a Rockefeller Foundation that supported a lot of this stuff. And by the way, we won't do it today, but I, I think I want to do a, a Christian Bible studies that's coming into churches and Bible colleges. I think it's called the After Party, uh, funded by the Rockefeller Foundation through liberal pastors like David French and Eugene Chan, I think it's his name, that are coming into basically churches and study groups because they say Christians cannot get involved in politics, they say. But you can't support Trump. You can't get involved in politics. You can't support Trump. But you can vote against, um, you know, you, you can vote for political values like abortion. You can vote for social justice and things like that. So th this is the way it's coming. It's it's, But the hatred toward this, you know, that movie that's coming out, God and Country, yes. that we talked about yes. here. Uh, Rob Reiner is the, uh, the, the, the producer, and it's a progressive left um, uh, 
I mean, it's like Russell Moore's on it, just to kind of let you know, progressivism in, in America coming in, uh, Christians who are progressive, and they're saying that if you, like Jay said, if you believe the Bible, if you believe the gospel, uh, just as a means of salvation through eternal life, that, you know, you, you're one of these Christian fundamentalists. You know, if you want, uh, if, if you fight against abortion, if you fight against social justice, if you fight against these things, you are a Christian fundamentalist. You have no rights in this country. And it's done by Christian leftist progressivists. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I mean, it, it's, you know, I remember when, uh, you know, we talked about when uh, um, evolution started coming into the churches in the 1800s and things like that, that uh, it was a big fight in the churches because it was like, you have to trust in science. You have to trust in the new science. And Christians were seen as stupid and as ridiculous. Uh, well, even, you know, after the court case, you know, that that happened, the monkey trials after that, Christians were made to be stupid. And uh, yeah. And so, you know, we've come full circle now where Christians are being pushed out from society. It, you know, you know, they're responsible for J6. This is what NSNBC said. Uh, Christians are responsible for what happened in January 6th. Yeah, this is unbelievable stuff. So uh, pay attention to that. Now let's switch over to a, a podcaster. So I was going to say, yeah, go ahead, David. Those people, though, those people though, they're the most political anyhow. But it's just kind of like you have to agree with their woke politics, and it's basically they expose themselves for what they are. Because what's the saying, James? That friendship with the world is hostility yeah. towards God. Well, that's what they want. That's what they want. They want Christians to abide under not the Bible. Uh, but under these these uh, political points of views, I mean, they're trying to say we're not trying to be political. We're not trying to be political. But in doing so, they are being political by basically saying if you vote, if you vote your conscience, if you vote your values, if you vote, you know, biblical values, and you're you're not allowed to do that because you're you're not you're not a real Christian. Because a real Christian is, they say, it's for abortion. A real Christian, is, they say, it's for. Uh, you know, social justice, and they confuse this thing. Jake, I wanted to ask you this: They often quote Micah six eight. You know, it's it's the it's it's the scripture about loving justice, doing mercy, and walk humbly with the Lord. And they say, "Well, see, Christians should seek justice." Now, what do they mean okay, by okay? It's taking a baby that could be born at forty weeks gestation and be a perfectly normal baby and have a normal life and killing it. Arbitrarily, in the name of women's rights, is that justice? Well, they is, say it is, right? They say they say that's justice for the woman. That's justice for the mom. What about for the baby? The baby doesn't get any justice. <laughs> yeah. Well, what a... about when he says, "I'm, I'm going to appoint the black woman to the Supreme Court"? You're going to restrict the other ninety-six percent of the population from the job on the basis of skin color and gender. Is that justice? They don't believe in justice. No. They believe in injustice. That's right. It, it's ridiculous when I hear them that, that they say, you should seek justice. Well, I seek the justice of God. I seek yeah. the cross and what the Lord did. I, on the why. I see the justice of God and it's called hell and you're going there unless you repent. Which oh, that is exactly very unlikely you will. Yeah. Let's play this what? clip here. This is Joe Rogan and uh, uh, quarterback uh, Aaron Rodgers who was on his show. An, an interesting subject. So a couple of friends of mine sent me this. I think Ken covered it on his uh, uh, on his podcast on Ken's Corner. Uh, but let's listen to what they had to say. But don't you think there has to be some sort of field of value that can orient people into like 
hey, let's do things a little bit better because these things actually matter. There is right and wrong. There is morality. Yeah. There is certain like. Well, unfortunately, the problem with living in a secular society and living in, in a society that has a lot of people that are atheists that have no belief system at all is you find a belief system and that's a lot of these people that call themselves atheists or they've subscribed to the religion of woke you know their their god is equity and inclusiveness and their, their god is this ideology that they think that you have to subscribe to and that's why it's spooky because people human beings seem to have a very strong desire for some sort of order and form and some sort of pattern that they can follow that seems to be the right way to go and they can be led they can be led by cults they can be led by groups of people they can be led by you know intolerant governments and and evil armies and corrupt politicians they can be led but i think as time rolls on people are going to understand the need to have some sort of divine structure to things some sort of belief in the sanctity of love and of truth and a lot of that comes from religion a lot of people's moral compass and the guidelines that they've used to follow to live a just and righteous life has come from religion and unfortunately a lot of very intelligent people they dismiss all of the positive aspects of religion because they think that the stories are mere superstitious fairy tales that you know they they have no place in this modern world and you know we're inherently good and your ethics are based on your old moral compass and we all have one and that's not necessarily true we need to we need jesus <laughs> i think for real like if you came back now it'd be great like jesus if you're thinking about coming back right now now's a good time pretty soon yeah now's a good time well there's a lot of people that think that they might be coming well it might be mark of the beast if there is the christianity part and and jesus wants to come back and save everything it'd be good right around now yeah like don't wait till the election all right so jacob what do you think i mean this is one of the most popular podcasters in the world i think you should be on that show but anyway that's another story but he's talking about God. Well, the last couple of years, he's been talking more about spirituality. He's not a Christian, not even a conservative, but is starting to see the destruction of society without Christian values and abandoning the Christian foundation. He's saying, hey, man, we need Jesus by this point. I mean, never heard Joe Rogan talk like that. Look, there's two aspects of this. As I said, you're finding traditional Democrats realizing something has gone wrong. You see this with Robert Kennedy Jr. You see this with Senator um, from Pennsylvania. The, 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 Betterman. Betterman. You yeah. see this, obviously, with uh, Bill Maher. You know, yeah. <laughs> even he's saying, well, something's <laughs> gone wrong. Something, okay, that's happening in the political realm. Well, that's happening with people like Joe Rogan and others. However, I do believe as these people become more and more disenchanted, by the amoralism of a post-Judeo-Christian society, and they see the ramifications of, of it morally and practically, that God is going to use that to draw some of these people to salvation. Much the same as you, you pointed out with the hippies in the 1960s, early 70s. We were disenchanted with what happened with the counterculture, with the drugs and with the free love and with the rest of it, 
and we saw that our counterculture became just as corrupt as the establishment. Mm. In some ways, worse. Well, it'd be hard to be worse than them, but even <laughs> as it may, I do see a move of God potentially happening among these kinds of people. Mm. Some of them are going to become truly saved Christians and follow Christ. Hopefully, they'll be well discipled and they'll get into right doctrine, not wrong doctrine. But I can see this happening. I can see a move of God among the people who are drawn to people like Joe Rogan. They're beginning to see. Now, they're beginning to work it out logically, obviously. Anybody with a fair mind would see that this stuff doesn't work. On the other hand, I do also believe there's a conviction of the Holy Spirit happening among some of these people, and they're being drawn to Christ. They're Mm. putting two and two together, and they will listen to the gospel if it's properly presented to them. Amen. Jay, Jay, what do you think? You see it in society? We'll we'll go to Davey after Jay, but Jay, how do you see it? Do you see this... uh, Society is defragment, uh, you know, it's defragmenting right before our eyes, and society has become more pagan, more idolater, more sinful, and yet there are people standing on the side and going, "This is not what liberalism or my ideology was supposed to." I thought it was going to get some utopia. It, it might be something that maybe Christians are right, maybe family and God and going to church, and you know, maybe from an outsider perspective, that these things was what I wanted. But that's not what I got. I think just like in the, 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 the first century, you had the pagan Rome as an example that you could show people, look at how this makes no sense. Leaving a child exposed to die. And many Christians will respond by taking that child and raising it. Yes. Uh, being able to point to the polyamory of the pagan society and go look this is this is not this is not how you're supposed to have a society this is not the foundation even the traditional roman culture wasn't built on this decadence that's right that's right so you had you had a very real witness in that in the first century to say we propose something that is logical we propose something that is as jacob said earlier the stoics even said it themselves there's something that people can point to and say this is this is moral this is this is good we're now at the point where i think we're seeing in the western culture we're going beyond what rome was as mm. far as our morality mm. in That's fact when you have children being transitioned to other genders when you have people saying that it's all right for children and adults to have relationships this is a pointer that you can go to people who have some logic and some reason and say, is this the society you really want to subscribe to? Mm. This is, this is what my this is what my beliefs tells me is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Our faith does not call for this, but to protect the innocent. Uh, David, what do you see in, in Australia? I mean, you got Albanese, who's, you know, very queer museum type like stuff. I mean, there's not a queer museum he doesn't want to visit. But it's society changing in terms of, and not not society, but people in society looking at this and going, there's something missing. You know, maybe we need to look into spirituality and in a sense of finding spirit, true spirituality, not the fake one of the new age, but true spirituality in Christ. We we are seeing we are seeing certain people wake up. We are we are seeing certain people looking around what's going on, looking at our corrupt leaders, and they've had a gutful, they're fed up, 
They know the system's corrupt. They know what's going on is just insanity. Uh, the problem is a lot of the times they'll start looking in the wrong places. So that, that's my concern from a, for a lot of the people who are waking up. Uh, the mainstream churches here are just as corrupt as the world. They're just as worldly as the world. So they go online and they go online to try and find answers. But a lot of the times they're often going to the wrong sources online. So they're getting caught up in the mess too. But at least they are waking up to what's going on around the world. But then you've also got the others who are just going along with the narrative, especially the younger ones. Although not all, not all. I even do know some teenagers who see the corruption with what's going on mm. and that kind of thing. But the majority of them, it's just kind of like, yeah, unless it affects me, they got their heads buried in the sand yeah. and they're being yeah. totally yep. blind yep. to what's going on. I do agree, David, that the other problem is when people do look perhaps to Christianity or to Christ, the church they see is Hellsong, Steve mm. Petty, Bill Pringle. They they see they see they see these terrible counterfeits of a biblical Christianity misrepresenting themselves as evangelical. They know they're morally discredited and it's even stupid. And they will dismiss Christianity because they see Hellsong. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. The churches here are just as worldly, if not more so than the world. It's kind of like so why would they look to those I, sort I don't of mean the Uniting Church or the Anglican Church. I uh, liberal Protestantism or the, or the Roman Church. I mean that which poses to be evangelical. Yes, yeah, that's I, right. I, I agree. We we saw that with the lockdowns and all the rest of it and the mandates. Most of the even the mainstream churches there were there were a few there were a few and I've been finding out more and more there have been a few who actually kept open, which was a big shock to me. Um, but there, there were very few. Most of them just went along with the government with the world with them there was no difference to them than the world mm. uh it, it is hard reaching sort of people at the moment I, actually i work with a couple of jewish people uh with their rise in anti-semitism here it's kind of like they're wanting to uh they're asking me oh you know uh what do, what do i know about the synagogue in ballarat what do i do, know about the jewish community in ballarat which would be the nearest basically to us uh, he said, I think I'm having a midlife crisis. I'm thinking about going back wow. to synagogue again. Uh, it's really hard witnessing to them too because they see the corruption of the church. By and large, most churches here are totally anti-Israel, uh, um, disgustingly so. Um, they, they're just as, um, what do you call it, aggressively um, pro-Palestinian and politically active in the pro-Palestinian cause is what um you know the pro-palestinian protesters are thankfully look there are some out there who are standing up for israel uh, there was a um a rally in sydney last weekend uh where some christian groups came out and uh marched in for israel but by and large yeah the corruption the sex scandals you know like in hillsong uh, brian houston was just being in the news again just the uh, last couple of days, um, I forget what it was over, but you know, it, it's the same thing. It's ongoing, so that's really mm. tarnished the image of the church here in most people's eyes. Yeah, unfortunately. And look, yeah, go ahead, Jamie. Oh, some are even look turning to the Catholic Church now, you know, and, and which isn't great because uh, <laughs> I can tell you about our, the Catholic Church here in this town. It's not good. 
Yeah. You know what I noticed too, uh, David, to bring up that point, it's it's many younger people that see, you know, the liberalism of the church and they see the evangelicalism that it's here in the States and they see how, you know, flying great gay flags and being LGBT and, and Black Life Matters and social justice. And, and so many of them are turning to the Greek Orthodox and say, well, this is the oldest the oldest religion, the oldest Christianity, and they're going Greek Orthodox. I've, I've seen it with friends. I've seen it with people that I work with, uh, that I used Hank, to work Hank with. Hanagraf. Yeah, Hank Hanagraf. Uh, Jacob, what's what's the gravitation to the Greek Orthodox? Well, part of it is the following. As you hi highlighted, there's an argument whose church is oldest. Rome claims to be oldest. In fact, historically, the Coptic Church of Egypt can make the same claim to the oldest Rome, and the Armenian Empire accepted Christianity before the Roman Empire. So the Armenian <clears throat> Catholic Church, as they call themselves, could make that claim and do. Um, but the Greek Orthodox Church would say, look, the New Testament was not the Latin Vulgate. That was by Jerome centuries later, three centuries mm -hmm. later. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament of the early church was the Vulgate. That's written in Greek. Christianity began in the Eastern Roman Empire. That is the Greek world. We are the oldest, not Rome. So there's that argument. They, Secondly, Roman Catholicism is so discredited because of the internationally organized conspiracy to protect sex criminal pedophile clergy at the expense of not protecting their own children. Now, I'm not saying that pedophilia does not exist in other churches, denominations, and sects. It does but nothing on the scale of the Roman Church. Yeah, widely. Nothing on the scale of the Roman Church. And people know that. They know that the Pope is a hypocrite. They know that cardinals are corrupt, that they've been involved in basically criminal conspiracies or orchestrated by the Vatican to protect pedophile sex criminals at the expense of not protecting their own children. They're protecting child molesters. Let's face it, if it wasn't for the corruption, political corruption of the Justice Department, the Roman Catholic Church in the United States would be the subject of a RICO investigation um, because, <laughs> they've engaged in, because they've engaged in what amounts to organized criminal activity in the systematic uh, protection of, of, of sex criminals, uh, predatory sex criminals victimizing children. Why was, it, why was there no RICO investigation? Well, people see this kind of corruption and they don't want to go to Rome. So what's right. the alternative to Rome? That yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's it's problematic, you know, because they got the icons and they said, well, they got the statues. We yeah. have these. Have and, you know, when you see T. D. Jakes and Benny Hinn and these people who discredited, who who've been anointed by Satan to discredit the gospel, I told that to Benny Hinn to his face. Basically, I told him to eyeball to eyeball. I told him to him right to his face. Um, but of course, Ken can tell you better than I can. Um, yeah. When the world sees that as being representative of evangelicism, well, we can't go to the Catholics, we can't go to the Protestants, we can't go yeah. to the evangelicals. Where are we going to go? Oh, who's these other guys? Yeah, and and they're less known in the Western world. They Correct. are less known in the Western world. Yeah. So there, there's, so a, the, there's, there's a there's Lithuania maybe and the Lithuanians are Catholic. Even. So who, who else? You know. Yeah, yeah, and it is it is interesting. A lot of young people, a lot of young people, because they want that traditional, uh, the, the traditional church. You know, the liturgy. You know, the Greek, the New Testament. Yeah, it's not only that though. Remember the the emerging church. Yeah, they looked to the mysticism of early monasticism. Right, Desert Fathers. 
Yeah. And that stuff came from the Desert Fathers, again, in Egypt and stuff. It came from the Eastern Church more than the Western Church. Mm. So the, the New Ages have that appeal. It has an appeal to New Ages because of the mysticism. <laughs> yeah, the mysticism. Uh, uh, Jacob, I wonder if that's... more like that than the Latin Church, Roman Church even. Because more mystic. The icons have a spiritual, a metaphysical property with their windows into the supernatural realm. They actually believe that. Incredible. Incredible. Jacob, I wanted to ask you this. The uh in the in the first century, we have in the special New Testament, you have these 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 people called the God fearers. That they, they were Gentiles, God fearing yeah. monotheistic. Did they have that same kind of spiritual crisis where they saw the paganism and the idolatry and morality? Not only did they see the the futil, futility of polytheism, but they saw the moral decay that it engendered in the society mm. and the social injustice that it with the slavery and so forth. So th that that very much was a factor in 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 their predisposition to the gospel. To or mm. let's put it this way, they were predisposed to monotheism, which basically was either Socratic philosophy in the East or Zoroaster, Zarathustra. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Zarathustra yes. in the East yeah. and and yeah. Socrates in, in 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 the West. Okay, there was that predisposition that was either Socratic or Zarathustran. Um, today it's called Zoroastrianism, but it's not the same today. But Zarathustra and Socrates were the ones. And the other, the other thing was, you had a large Jewish diaspora that was monotheistic. Yes. Who now had the Septuagint? They had the scriptures in 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 the lingua franca in Greek, so they were drawn to Judaism, but they didn't want to undergo ritual circumcision, ritual conversion. Right. So those are the people who fluttered in in large numbers. I can get the same benefits of salvation, believing and worshiping the same God through a faith in Jesus without having to undergo circumcision. And that was just uh, very appealing to them. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and you see them in the New Testament, hearing Paul preaching in the synagogues and coming to faith in Jesus and God fears Yes. Uh, wanting to know about Christ and things like that. So, I mean, there's one occasion, I think even the Greeks came to Jesus and wanted him to go, wanted Jesus yes, to yes, go yes, to the, the capitalists. Yeah, uh, but he did go. He stayed He stayed. Uh, he stayed in Israel. Uh, but even guys like Seneca, Seneca, the, the writer in Rome, yep. talked about Seneca, the, the, Cicero, they all knew about the moral decay. The moral yeah. decay really kicked in and gained momentum when Rome went from being a republic to an empire, when it became imperial. Mm, the, decay quickly, yeah. the political decay and the moral decay, the political transformation and the moral transformation or immorality, the moral transformation worked in tandem. Yeah. Are, are you seeing the same thing, Jacob, with these people talking about? They see it. Maybe it's in its early onset, but you see things in our society that people are beginning to say, you know, whether it's philosophers, whether it's the new philosophers of our day, like the podcasters and people that draw attention, they're, they're the new speakers for, for people. The uh, um, They see that something needs to change. And maybe maybe yeah. Jesus is the only answer. What I also see, though, again, is the decline of democracy in the Protestant democracies. Mm. You know, politicized judiciary, all this stuff, fixed elections and so on. I see the decline of democracy as recapitulating what happened in Rome mm. and, the, and and the moral landslide that follows it. Um, I, I do see history as being cyclical. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, and just to finish up, Jacob, so how important is it for the, if you notice this, like we're bringing it up now, if you notice this, if people are watching tonight, they notice this trend and people are asking questions, 
Um, how important is it for Christians to really know the time in which they live and to preach really the true gospel and make disciples? It's never been more, it's always been important, but it's never yeah. been more important. And we're running out of time. The human race is running out of time. The Lord is coming. That is why Satan is doing so much to destroy the church. That is why you have the word faith money preachers, the ecumenical movement. That's why you have hell song. Um, that's why you have people, Tim Keller. That's why you've had these kind of people. Satan is out to destroy the credibility of the church so it cannot preach the gospel effectively. And as much as I hate to say anything good about him, he knows his business. Oh, he, yeah, he does. He's been at it for a long time. Knows the you church. People, when when you're the well. devil and you have Rick Warren on your payroll. <laughs> Well, you know, he's infiltrated it in a big way, and he's made a lot of headways into it. And to, and to Jay's point and Davey's point, you know, you see, you know, the, the, if I was not a believer, and, and remember, I, I did not come from a Christian background. I came from a Catholic background. I was mainly agnostic, even my college years. You too. I, the Lord had to reach me at that point because I don't know if I would have looked at churches today and I would have said, if this is Christianity, I probably wouldn't even want it because I would have been very turned off. I'm not already saved. And I saw the money. If I saw Benny Hinn and Joyce Meyer and T.D. Jakes and Hellsong with Carl Lynn and Houston and these people, if, yeah. uh, if I saw this garbage, I wouldn't want to become a Christian. Mm. Yeah, it, it is. It is such a such a black eye to the gospel. Let's show us something else. For the gospel to really make inroads in a major way, it has to be disassociated from the mainstream churches and denominations. Amen. Let's go back to John the Baptist. The people weren't being taught the truth by the Levites in Jerusalem, so it says all Jerusalem went out to the wilderness to hear John <laughs> preach. Amen. The true gospel is not going to be preached within mainstream churches and denominations anymore. That's right. And dying so, itself put to death. The Southern yeah. Baptists have committed suicide. The mm. Methodists have committed suicide. You know, and and the people who don't who who, who say otherwise are deluded. Mm, very true. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for staying up with us. I know in Florida that they're looking forward to having dinner with you, so we're gonna let you go. I'm gonna have Davy close out the episode. Just some words of encouragement, uh, Davy. You come from the other side of the world. You see things a little bit different here than America, but we're all in the same boat. I, I think that's what Noah said. We're all in the same boat, and we have to realize that. You know, as Christians, we need to pray for one another, encourage one another. Uh, so close out the episode, some words of encouragement about making disciples and seeing what's going on in the world. And, and as Jacob said, such an imperative time. There's never been such an imperative time as it is now. Go ahead. Oh, no worries. Well, I think you said the key word there, Marco, too, make disciples, not converts. It's kind of like because a lot of the evangelism that we see going on nowadays, it's all about making converts. But that's not what's needed. Uh, it's about making disciples. One one of the big mistakes I see here and I see everywhere is people are wanting, people are waking up. They're seeing what's going on. Uh, they want a return to maybe what once what was or that kind of thing. Uh, but the thing is, we don't serve God on our terms. God dictates the terms. We surrender all to Him. So. Yes, um, we need to worship him in love, in, in spirit and in truth. It's kind of like surrender your whole life, your whole heart, yes. everything to the Lord and serve him on his terms. Um, we see evil men waxing worse and worse. 
was to say that you know we get strapped bound every side you know when the buy list are exalted um just keep keep your eyes on christ keep in the word um keep seek out fellowship uh what you want is a relationship with the lord you don't want religion you want a relationship with the lord um so just uh yeah keep on being faithful um you know we got to, we got to endure to the end so my, my prayer is just look everyone keeps their hearts and their minds stayed on christ keeping the word uh don't tell god what he means just let god tell you what he means from his word and uh we've been given he, he left us with his holy spirit who will guide us into all truth so we if you're if you're desperately seeking his word if you're desperately seeking his truth he will guide and lead you amen thank you dear brother i appreciate your encouragement god bless you guys jay you got one final thought yes uh if i may we have 440 people watching right now on rumble and uh we have eight people that actually press like if you really want to help and support this ministry if you really want this message to go out to other people please 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 especially on rumble press like press a thumbs up that way this message will get out to more people that way more people will be watching the show and who knows Maybe some of the things we say will resonate with them. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. We'd also you. like to remind our viewers we have Moriel.tv, MorielTV.org, Rumble, RTN TV, and a host of other platforms, including Vimeo, Odyssey. We don't need YouTube, and you don't need YouTube. Nonetheless, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jacob. Enjoy your dinner, Jay. Thank you so much for staying with us and Davey. Have a good Saturday morning. God bless you, dear brother. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. And especially those who have been watching, those who are watching live, and those who are watching later, we're so blessed that you watch and so blessed you're with us. Pray for Jacob. He's got some um, some great teaching coming up. And pray for the believers that are going to be listening and the unbelievers who are going to come and listen to him as well. Pray for Moriel. Pray for the missionaries. Pray for yeah. our churches. Pray for Dave Rosetto in the church in New York. Pray for our church in Southern California, Community Church of DeVore. Pray for the leaders. Pray for those who are sharing the gospel and preaching the yeah. word and making disciples. So thank you so much, Jacob. And thank you so yeah. much for those who are watching. God bless you.